Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream, or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9920. 23 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice and now your hosts chris devon perry lester sean platts robert herrick and bill sparks well, hello and welcome back to Sports Lounge Live. My contract won't allow me to miss more than one week, so <laughs> <That's right. laughs> despite what the doctor said, here I am. So yeah. take it Sports away, Lounge, Chris. Uh, and, you're, and, you're feel, and, you're feeling, and you're feeling good. That's true. Yeah, Sports Lounge Live has been deemed to be hazardous to your health because it's so exciting, but you know, right. he still came back anyway, so well, that's good. Well, no, we're glad to have him back, and we thank yeah. again Dave Riekert for uh, getting us on the air last week. That was really good, and uh, now Bill is back, and uh, he's made the, the cycle, I guess. Oh, no, it's the coffee club. You still have to come back to the coffee club tomorrow, yeah, I guess. Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. I also, I'll, Chris, I also want to take a few seconds too. Uh, we do want to thank Dave Riekert for helping us last week, and I also do want to thank Jeff Bennett. He did the uploading of the podcast and all that. So thanks to Jeff as well. Yeah. Great okay. job, Jeff. So, hey, what show this number is, is this, March- Chris? Oh, sorry, Bill. I know. I was just going to ask you the date and what show it was. <laughs> well, I was just going to tell you. Okay. It's March 30th, 2021. It's show number 137, and it's a busy show, of course. We've got, um, you know, we're, our agenda is going to be college sports, college basketball, mostly college basketball, but other college sports things that occurred, and a little college hockey, things like that. Then we're going to go to the NBA. Uh, because we had a lot of NBA trades, not major players, but but you know people, uh, you know, setting up their roster. So we'll do the standings and the NBA first. Uh, you know, the NBA trades. We'll try to run through some of those. And then we will go to baseball and do our fearless forecast. I forgot to mention, Rick, that uh, you know maybe you cook up some predictions. We're we're just going to do the division winners and the wild card teams and who we think is going to the World Series. You can probably come up with something like sure, that if you want to. Yeah. And if you, yeah, you know sure. what though, if you don't know it, Rick, just make it up. That's what we do. <laughs> we all do. Then the NFL, then the NHL, and then boxing. There's a couple of items that Robert has on boxing. But we have a lot of deaths at the end of the show, and we're going to have a poll question, and we'll uh, we'll yeah, we yeah I haven't told everyone about that. I haven't no, told everybody what it is yet, but because I was out today, so it didn't get sent out. So you'll find out in a minute. Like, we oh, will, and when we get when we finish our because of course the first thing we do is run through the death list. We have twelve deaths, unfortunately, and um, so we will run the run tell you who they are so that you can uh, decide if you want to stay tuned for those at the end of the show. Then we'll go through the panel, and when we get to Sean, he'll tell us about uh, his poll question, and then we'll start with college basketball and uh, of course Robert will do do our his NASCAR report so anyway for the deaths we have uh, Benny D's 86 years old co- college basketball coach Granville waiters 60 year uh, yes yeah, 60 years old NBA Center um, Bob uh, Plager 
78 years old, for the played for the Rangers in St. Louis as a defenseman, and then a longtime executive of the St. Louis Blues. Dr. Bobby Brown, 96 years old, played for the Yankees. He was a third baseman for them. He was a cardiologist and then the American League president. Mike Bell, 46 years, years old, short MLB career, and he was son of Buddy Bell and the brother of Dave, Dave Bell, David Bell and the grandson of Gus Bell. Joey Cunningham, first uh, baseman and outfielder for the Cardinals, the White Sox, and, and Washington. Uh, and then he was in the St. Louis organization for a long time. Howard Schnellenberger, 87, longtime coach uh, of, of the University of Miami and then the Baltimore Colts. Stan Albeck, Louisville. Louisville. Louisville, too. Yeah, Stan Albeck, 89 years, had him assistant basketball coach for college and pro. Then uh, we had a whole other list of deaths that came in today because uh, nothing surer than deaths on Tuesday nowadays. <laughs> Joe Vancini, uh, 98 years old, longtime Yale basketball coach. We have Floyd Hudlow, six, uh, 77 years old, defensive back for Buffalo and Atlanta. Steve Henry, 64 years old, uh, defensive back for the St. Louis uh, football Cardinals and the New York football Giants. Yeah. And Bobby Schmott, 76 years old, winger uh, for the for the Blackhawks, Vancouver Canucks, the Bruins, Edmonton, Colorado Rockies, and Vancouver again. So that is uh, our death list. And so I'll start off. And our Chris, panel. before you do that, we do have a little piece of breaking news that just crossed the wire. The Utah Jazz. Uh, team plane had to make an emergency landing after hitting a flock of birds shortly after takeoff. Everybody's okay, but the plane had to make an emergency landing because of engine issues because of hitting the birds. They are very lucky. We had a yeah, big, uh, and it's happened before, but I know, remember yeah. 1960, there was a big plane crash here, and it was caused by starlings yeah. uh, that got into the, you know, into the engine and, and uh, the plane crash, and, you know, like many, many people were killed. So, uh, wow. Wasn't that, wasn't that the whole thing with the Hudson? Was yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it yeah. a bird? Yeah, yeah, it was a bird in the, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So, all right, so a couple of items uh, for me as I go around here, and then we'll, we'll go to Rick and Perry and uh, go through our panel like we always do. Uh, one kind of, uh, you know, aggravating note, you know, this is a, a liberal area, and uh, but on there are still nuts and bigots and fools around here. And we had a situation with Duxbury High School because Duxbury High School's uh, coach has been there 15 years. I think it's Dave uh, Mamron or something like that. Not sure of his name, but he was the coach for 15 years, won five Super Bowls, 12 league titles, and a good coach. But what he was doing he had the team using, they didn't just use Omaha, no. They used all these Jewish things uh, for their play calling. Now, of course, without fans in the stands or only families or whatever they have, um, people heard it. So they were using, um, you know, rabbi and dreidel and things like that. That's Auschwitz. Okay. And, yeah. Auschwitz, however. Yeah. <laughs> so this is not a Jewish community. Duxbury, you know, it, it, it's, we have four or five towns that have a lot of Jewish folks in them. Duxbury wouldn't be one of them. However, it's just a ridiculously bigoted, foolish thing to do. And the guy is out. Uh, he's still, he's a special ed teacher of all things. I just saw that in the Globe now, today. Now, Chris, when you say he won five Super Bowls, what is, a, what is the what Super Bowl the Super in this Bowls case? Are, yeah, what they do is they have, and now they have like uh, more teams that qualify in each division. They they do it, uh, and I've mentioned them to you. They have uh, like two games that you get in, and you uh, one is before Thanksgiving. Then you have your Thanksgiving Day game. Then you have the Super Bowl. And what it is is the top teams for your division, and there's like six divisions, I think, 
maybe yeah. seven in, depending uh, on the size of schools. Yeah, depending on the size of schools. Well, so it's not a state. It's not a state. No, it's Eastern Massachusetts. They don't go all the way over the uh, the state, but you know the, the predominance of the population is in the eastern part, and so you know whatever. So that's the way that works. But they do for like other sports. They they will go to the west and, and you know play the west and the central. But so these but to win five Super Bowls in fifteen years is is not easy. And you know because you have to be one of the top at least four. Well, get to the top two. You'll be the top four in your division. And, and then, then you and then you go off and do something dumb like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's been doing dumb. it for years. That's what they think. It, you know, there's no okay, reason to believe yeah, he it was, hasn't. Been. It was dumb, but I will say also he wasn't using derogatory. He wasn't being like Auschwitz uh, is derogatory. Yeah. Okay. Auschwitz. I didn't know that was one. Okay, yes, that was one he was using. No, was no, this and, was not. This was not. No, I mean, if he did uh, good things. But there's no particular reason to do that. The Omaha is still there. We don't have to do that. Everybody can say Omaha. You know, I don't know. It was just, but of course, it's quiet, and so people can hear this thing. And so, and and there have been, unfortunately, we don't have, I mean, you can have racial issues places too, but we have had, and and Rick knows, a lot of anti-Semitic things have come up on high schools and around different towns at the various points every month or two, you hear something about that. So that's uh, what seems to happen. The other thing on a, a positive thing, a tip of the hat, Dick Stockton has retired, and I didn't know that till last night. And of course, he uh, was—he uh, started in, uh, well. I mean, he may have been in some smaller markets, but he started in Philadelphia at Channel Three KYW TV. Went to KDKA Channel Two in Pittsburgh. Then came here to WBZ. He was working for Group W. He had hooked up with CBS by that time because being on Channel Two, I think that's when he when they picked him as a national announcer. Of course, did uh, national football for the NFL for many many years. Did basketball in the NBA. Did basketball in college. He did uh, local things for here. He was a couple years the TV voice of the Celtics. He was uh, the voice of the Red Sox, 75 through 78. He worked for Turner. His most famous call. He did a lot of of NBA. Yeah, and a lot of uh, baseball for Fox, too. He was the second or third crew for Fox Baseball as well. And he was married to Leslie Visser. And he was married to Leslie Visser. And his most famous call is the Carlton Fisk home run. Ned Martin did it on radio. He did the TV. That was his most famous call. But he retired. He's got to be. And I met him because I did a, a sports documentary that was fun. And if we ever had time, I'd tell you about it. But this guy, Dick Mallory, uh, helped me hook up interviews with people. And, and uh, Dick Stockton was very nice to give me an interview about uh, sports casting in Boston. It was 1972, and that was really cool. Nice man. So I'm sure I hope he has a really nice retirement. So, yeah. Rick. Yes. Well, I had uh, my second COVID vaccination shot Friday. Yay. So I am like channeling the song, the old song, Love Potion Number Nine, and going around and kissing everybody in sight. <laughs> so you guys are lucky we're doing this remotely. I, 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 whoa, yeah. Boy, I didn't know that was happening. Perry didn't tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty psyched right now. So. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. We're, we're going to have our appointment on Thursday at the Heinz Convention Center. So, And then I guess we have to wait our four weeks and then go back. So about the middle of May, we'll be uh, free to uh, kiss everything in sight, too. So yeah. that sounds like you're getting the med- Moderna, then, Chris, if you wait the four weeks. Either, well, they, I think in this state, they may just ask everybody to wait four weeks, either for the Pfizer or the Moderna. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what, but if you got the uh, Johnson, because, it'd, be, it'd be once. Yeah, it'd yeah. be once. Because I got the Pfizer, and that was three weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah I get the I get the Moderna, and it was four weeks. Yeah. Okay, right. and that's our local vaccine. We ought to patronize. That's a yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay, okay um, Perry, Perry. Well, lots of stuff going on in the world of sports. Uh, <laughs> opening day in baseball is on Thursday. Of course, the NCAA is is the tournament is still going. So, 
we all love that. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's been an enjoyable tournament. The the women actually had a couple of decent games last night for oh, yeah, the Elite finally. Eight. So that was good. Um, you don't see the upsets. Yeah. You don't see the upsets in the women typically no. that you do in the no. men. So it's always good no. when you get good close games and and all that. But um, minor league baseball, for those who like minor league baseball, your announcers will not be traveling this year. They'll be doing the games at home and remotely and all that stuff. We, and, we were uh, saying it seems pretty foolish to us that they would decide that I mean, yeah. month by month. We'd just decide in May, decide again in June, whatever. I mean, you don't need to, you know, uh, by July, if, if things go the way that are, you know, people were talking about having get togethers on the 4th of July. So why can't right. they travel? But speaking of getting together, let's say hi to Bill. Well, hello, and they're probably doing it for money, money, money. They found out they can do this, and they're all they used to do was sit on the. Well, you know, part of it though, come to think of it, it might be that the the uh, teams don't want them sitting on the buses with the players. Because if that's yeah. how they travel in the minor leagues, maybe it's got something could to do be. with that. I don't, I don't could know. Be, but or it could just be just like Bill says. It's you know, like like private sector has learned that so many people can work from home. The, so, yeah, the miners. Yeah, so the maybe these, you know, the miners just saying that this is a way of saving but, money. But they the, can do the, it. Yeah. The question I have yeah, is, how many of these year. things are available to them on a monitor that they can see? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Yeah, probably quite a bit, on, especially on yeah. the AAA level, because you, every game is televised. Really? You oh, get okay. to uh, by the way, by the way, Dick Stockton, for those who want to know, is 78, okay. and uh, he divorced Leslie Visser in 2010, and he is married to someone. Uh, her name is Jamie uh, Drinkwater. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know who she is, but that's who he's married. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, let's let's go back to Bill. Okay. Bill. Just just quickly, I'm getting on the mend here, and working to get back to 100. percent and that should be achievable pretty soon. So I'll be stepping away for a few minutes, guys, to go get some more meds that I need get to get. Drugs, man. I gotta <laughs> get those drugs, man. But but I'll be back probably for the poll question or before. So, Good. So you you'll have extra time to to think and wonder what it is. That's Unless true. You listen to us remotely. I don't know if you'll be able to. I got a phone. Yeah, you got an iPhone. You can yeah. keep it. You know, and if if it goes dead, you'll say, "Oh my God, I'm not there. I can't do anything." <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay, right. Sean, uh, Robert, 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 Robert. Yeah. I'm sorry, and and our uh, with our Ace NASCAR report too. I uh, yeah, about. well, uh, Joey Logano won the dirt race at Bristol, and that uh, occurred yesterday because they had all kinds of raining and flooding and all kinds of stuff in Tennessee on Sunday, mm-hmm. so the race took place yesterday afternoon and. Uh, I believe Joey Logano is the first NASCAR driver to actually win more than one race. He's this leading year. for the Winston Cup, then, yes. I would guess. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. um, so the streak finally got broke of uh, first time of uh, people, you know, winning for the first time or very seldom ever winning. So, Sean or Robert, did you guys find out who won the golf tournament? That big match tournament? Match play oh tournament? no, I need to. No, I missed. It was. Yeah, I I missed the end of it, and you know they were talking about it yesterday, and I just they were talking about it on the radio. They're talking about the success of it, and it was I don't know who came out of the match play, so that was on me because I caught the end of it, and then they went back to they had other stuff because we've had some other break, you know, some busy breaking news going on here in Austin the last few days as people have been talking about. But yeah. I did I caught the end of they talking about a great tournament and how they had fans it's a good idea to do that once a year they were talking about i saw the thing uh, david usf when we get to the uh, golfer who died whose name is escaping me right now 
Um, and uh, you know, and actually, where where did I put him? He's he's here. Maybe I didn't write him on the on the list, but anyway, we're going to be talking about him. And he won one of the match uh, play tournaments. It's a good thing to do once a year because yeah, people do play WGC, match play sometimes. WGC, which is World Golf Championships, it's not. They don't sanction. You know, they're not a tour, but they just sanction these tur- these certain tournaments. And they've they've done this, and they did it somewhere else, and then mm. Dell got involved. So that's why it's here in Austin. And what they do, they take the top sixty four players. Uh, players in the world, but they had 69, or 64 of the top 69, because obviously five went out there, Tiger, we all know of course he wasn't going to be there, and four others went out there, so they had 64 of the top 69, and they do it like a March Madness you play in groups, and then they came out Sunday, and you know, I obviously, I wasn't paying attention to it, because I was, what there was some, you know, I was watching Florida State, Michigan during the finals, so. Right. Uh, well, and, um, you guys, and Sean, you guys have a big women's game tonight there in Austin. Yes, not in do, Austin, right? but. In San Antonio, in the Hemisphere right? region. Okay. So good luck, so anyway, good luck well, to the, to good Robert, luck to the Longhorns. Let's get back to Robert, because we didn't let him, other than oh, telling you about well, the national. Uh, Chris, do you want me to go ahead and take care of the boxing things so we don't have to wait on those? Well, well why not? Okay. Um, Yeah, because no sense. Uh, These aren't worth waiting over. Number (laughs) one, uh, the Mike Tyson Evander Holyfield thing is again off, and I hope it stays off. (laughs) Um, I I don't like this whole uh, guys over. Why why did they turn it uh, call it off money or what's going on? Uh, Well, yeah, it's it's, uh, lack of money. Lack of money, and 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 Mike Tyson wants twenty five million, and. Who knows how much Evander Holyfield wants, and and of course Holyfield being fifty eight and Tyson being fifty four, and we're going to get to another old fighter here in a minute. Who uh, I don't I don't like this trend of people all of a sudden. Oh, hey, I want to do such and such, and this gets to Oscar De La Hoya. The guy can't stay out of his own way. He runs one of the worst promotional companies in the business of boxing, and now he's decided to uh, try to make a comeback of his own. And how old is he? 48 years old. <laughs> and uh, he claims he's going to fight a UFC fighter sometime in July. Well, I got news for him. Dana White came out on Saturday night after after uh, UFC 260 and flat out said uh, that he's not making any UFC f- uh, fighters available for that. So I don't know what Oscar's going to do, but uh, I, it's, a I, Snoop Dogg for, it's a Snoop Dogg promotion. Yeah, Snoop Dogg it's a promotion company. He, he's, company. Uh, yeah, it's called Triller, and and yeah. uh, and Tyson's already said he's not fighting for those people. Apparently, he didn't get paid or something. I I don't know. Uh, I I this is a part of boxing I hate. They just give me the legitimate fights. But anyway, that's all I've got. Sean, why don't we talk about how people can call in and do our poll Look. question? First of all, I want to let everybody know, speaking of things out there, uh, the brand new streaming service, Paramount Plus, you know, it's CBS, it's Paramount, uh, CBS Viacom's big site, uh, streaming. You can watch live sporting events that are covered by CBS and others. You can get them on Paramount Plus now. They just, they're, they've been really promoting that all over, uh, you know, all over March Madness. Be- between that and the Jim Nance, Charles Barkley, Samuel L. Jackson commercials, you know, Spike <laughs> Lee, you've seen a lot of, par- I mean, you can watch a lot of the CBS stuff on Paramount Plus. Now, the NFL, I don't think will, but other stuff that they're making available, and they're going to have uh, podcasts and shows and stuff from CBS Sports Network on there. So, 
that is available for streaming. But as far as contacting us, all right, first of all, you can dial in, download the Zoom app or dial 646-876-9923, enter code 287-723-4600, hit the pound key twice, and then when you come in, star nine, raise your hand, uh, star six, unmute you when we call on you. Uh, of course, you can check out, remember, 712-432-3642. Board 13 is going to be a good place to go for XM baseball schedule starting this Thursday. They'll be posted up there, and then Board 9, all your scores, sports news, stuff we don't get. And if you want to contact us, email us, sportslounge at allthingsradio.net or 773-572-7715. Do not mark the message private. Just... <laughs> We'll all, we'll all get it, uh, and then someone will relay it to Rick. So, yeah, we'll, we'll all get to hear. But anyway, let's get, man, what crazy world in college. What's the poll question? What's the poll question? Oh, the poll question, yes. Yeah, that's right. Poll question, speaking of dialing in later. Thursday is opening day, so we're going to share some opening day memories. Yeah. Go a little okay. cheesy. Have some opening day memories. Rick and I were at a, a historic opening day. We'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, talk about that later. I get yeah, to talk about it before he does. So I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> opening day memories. So now let's get. Now we can get on to college basketball on other. You know, I have noticed, and this is just an overall comment. I have noticed there haven't been a whole lot of close games this year. No, no tournament. No, there's been a few. Like I said, you had oh. You had one game on Sunday that was close. And yeah. The, you know, UCLA went to overtime. Was, yeah. Yeah. Well, you had a couple, I guess, because Florida, well, no, Florida State Mission was no. there, but yeah, that really wasn't. And Saturday, Saturday you had a game or so. You had one or two games in a Sweet 16. Yeah, Last Arkansas night, was so, close on Saturday. Yeah, the Arkansas game. Yeah, Arkansas was close. was close. Last night was not, I mean, Arkansas came back and got in the game with Baylor, but you know, both the games last night were not. I mean, Houston. You knew Houston was going to win that game. And by the way, Houston, first time in the Final Four since 1984. Yeah. Baylor with the last year of Faisalama Jama. Baylor, first time since 1950. Neither team, of course, has won the championship. Houston has been five times uh, with twice with the Elvin Hayes, Don Cheney crew back in the '68 and '69, and then three times with Faisalama Jama. Baylor has never got to the Final Four. Houston, to get to the Final Four, beat all double-digit teams. So they they were all they were all double digits. So that they yeah, need to get there. Two old Southwest Conference teams in the Final Four: Baylor and Houston. Yeah, I mean, a part of me was like, well, if Arkansas were to come out and beat Baylor, then they'd say, hey, they beat Tech, they beat Baylor, and then they'd have a chance to play Houston. But it they're going to be match the, up the Southwest Conference champion of the 2021. Yeah, yeah, the right. Southwest Conference has has had more teams in the Elite Eight than <laughs> than the Big Ten. Yeah. But, and then tonight, of course, tonight, of course, you got USC Gonzaga, the last pat, and UCLA Michigan. Yeah. Now explain yeah, to me this television reasoning for the. I think the people in Michigan are not happy. I could just hear. I could imagine because uh, we've had complaints about this kind of stuff when the Red Sox start late. The Michigan game is going to start at like nine fifty-five. You've got two don't... West Coast teams playing. Gonzaga and USC should be playing nine fifty-five. Michigan I think should the be reason, playing at seven fifteen. I think the reason for it, Chris, and I mean it's not a good reason, but the reason for it is they want Michigan and UCLA, two big-time programs, to be that. Prime time, right. 
you know, last yeah, but that prime time game gets over the, That is probably the re- that is probably the reason for it. I know, it. I know. I mean, but because that's... yeah, it, it would be, and they're looking. You, I mean, they're already going to have a California team playing an LA team playing at four fifteen Pacific right, right now. Which you know, and I get you know, I would have USC because. I would go, I would have had the USC play the late game and have UCLA, but I think they're wanting the Cinderella story of UCLA in prime time in LA. Oh, I, I, I get you know, that and, part, but it's just aggravating to the Michigan folks. No, I know? know it's aggravating for the East Coast, but I know I know what you're saying. But tur- you know the Turner and yeah. the CBS folks. And by the way, here's one thing I've noticed: unlike last year's. They they've had the two crews, you know how they mixed crews, and you had you used to have Greg Gumble and Ernie Johnson would rotate me with Kenny Clark Kellogg. Children. They mixed them. You got Greg Gumble in New York with his crew with uh, Clark Kellogg and Wally Zerbiak and Seth Davis, and then you got the Kenny Charles Ernie crew in Atlanta doing their games. So like ten, last night, no- so last night it was. Uh, the Gumble crew, since it was on CBS tonight, it'll be the Ernie crew in the studio. And then they did that, of course, Saturday and Sunday with the uh, with with the CBS and TBS games. The way they broke, the way they split them up. So interesting enough, though, on radio, on TV, you've you've had your you know like they normally do it with the four crews. Boy, on radio, you've had. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and tonight, you're going to get your fill of Ryan Radke and Kevin Cooper. Yes, well, right, we are. Yeah, well, yeah, they had on Sunday the way TV did it. Saturday and Sunday, uh, you had two crews on Saturday, and one crew did a did an did a CBS game, the early CBS, and the other TBS, and then the other crew did a late CBS and late TBS, and same on Sunday. And then, like last night, it was the two CBS announcers. It was Ian Eagle and Jim Sponarkle, and then uh, Jim Nance, Grant Hill. And uh, Bill Raffrey. So tonight is probably going to be Brian Anderson, Jim Jackson doing a game, and I think maybe the Kevin Harlan, Reggie Miller group on uh, doing the other game because Kevin so, technically works for both. So how do the matchups so, work for? Uh, it, uh, the, I assume it's uh, confusing, and that the winners tonight don't play each other Saturday, and do. the losers they do. They, they do. do. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay. the, the yeah, winners from last the night. Up. Yep, the winners from it's last Baylor. night play, and then the, the winners tonight right. play. So we already know yeah. that Baylor is going to play um, Houston. Houston. Yeah. Houston, yes. So there yeah, will be a Southwest that, Conference team in the, in the championship game, too. Yeah, there will be a Southwest Conference team in the championship, and then like I said, it's either, and then it's gonna, you're going to see one West Coast team in the yeah. championship, at least. So Yeah, yeah, but, be, right. yeah Gon, Gon, Gonzaga will be in the championship. Well, it's going to probably – I'll still say it's Gonzaga-Baylor. You know, I still have – I still have three of my final four. I have Houston, Baylor, Gonzaga. Uh, you know, I lost. Well, you know, this would be. I'm sure if if the, because the way they used to do the tournament, there was the East, the Mid East, the Midwest, and the West, and that's how you did it. And then they changed the names and whatever. But well, it was East. Of the, it was used to be no, Chris. It was East and Southeast, West and Midwest. Well, uh, but well, early on, I think the, the Mid East became the Mid East became the Southeast, and then the Southeast became the. I South. think after the, the Arab Israeli still. War, they changed you know. <laughs> But anyway, whatever the thing. Uh, what I'm saying is, if you end up with um, you know UCLA beats Michigan, everybody will be from the West of the Mississippi that will be in the Final Four, right? Yeah, that'll be the first yeah, time we have that probably. Yeah. That, yeah, that hasn't happened in a while. Michigan is the only, yeah, Michigan is the only team left east of the Mississippi. So that's right. But I, yeah. I will say it's been. I mean, think about it, how lucky they've been with the men and the women both. Only one game has can't been canceled here in the bubble. 
Yeah. Okay, I mean, that was the Virginia Commonwealth, you know, having to leave the And right at the beginning so, when they just were getting there. Yeah, that's right. Yes, there's the only game out of all these games. It'll be, what, 67 games or something like that that they'll yep. play by the time they get to Monday night and one mm-hmm. shining moment and all that other stuff. Yeah. One, one game canceled. One game, mm-hmm. one game, and no games in the women's tournament has been canceled. Right. But, and speaking yeah. of the women's tournament, two teams made Yo, that final yeah. four last night. It was Connecticut and Arizona. So those two teams will play on Friday, and then tonight it's going to be Texas, South Carolina, and it, Sean. Who's the other game? Stanford and uh, Louis- Stanford Louis- and Louisville. 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 And then those Louisville. winners, will, those winners will play on Friday. And and unlike the men, you, I mean, Texas is the only seed. Like lower because you had a you you had a Texas a six seed playing a one South Carolina Arizona was a, a three beating a four Indiana and then the other two were two and one and there was an argument made by Kim Mulkey and Gino Arroyo that Baylor and UConn both should have been one seed but there was a lot, <laughs> there was a lot of Kim Mulkey was saying but that's another story yeah. but, well no, speaking was, speaking of, of such yeah, yeah speaking of such though uh, I think Jamal would like to get in on college basketball so Jamal if you want to hit star six we would be able to hear you talk hello how are y'all doing good hello. job Jamal how are you fine I must say that uh the tournament has been interesting, even though my teams are not out of it. I'm just thinking, wouldn't it be wild? Don't feel bad, don't feel bad Jamal. Iowa got knocked out, too. But would it be wild if USC and UCLA won tonight? And we had the Pac-12 and the Old Southwest Conference as your final four. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, in that Oregon State game against uh, Houston the other night, I disagree, Sean. That was a that turned out pretty, pretty damn good game down the stretch, but yeah. Oregon State just ran out of gas. I mean, Houston yeah. jumped on him in Oregon State. I turned the game off after dinner, and then I, I was sitting at my desk, and the next thing I know, yeah. I'm here in Oregon State, come back, and I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, so... I think the game that a lot of people did, did not thoroughly enjoy was the Loyola Oregon State game that that was just kind of boring, especially in the first half. I literally missed that. Thank God. You know, yeah, yeah you didn't miss you, Jamal. You didn't miss much. I didn't no. hear about that until I called Newsline when I was out running some errands. And I must say, speaking of remote, I'm calling you remotely today. I'm at home. I'm on a commuter train. Yep. Yeah, so, I think uh, there's a ghost on there with you, uh, <laughs> Jamal. I'm not sure what that is. I'm on my head. I'm on my headset, and I'm wearing the mask. I don't know who's the guy in there. We have Charlie in the MTA. I don't know who you got, but whoever he is, he's on that train with you. <laughs> well, you sound you sound good, Jamal. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. So uh, we we had uh, the women, uh, the men's NIT. Memphis beat Mississippi State, 77 uh, 64. I know uh, Perry, you probably wanted to. Mississippi State to win I did, that one. I did. I also <laughs> want, I also didn't want the winner of the women's NIT either. And that was Rice over Mississippi, seventy-one fifty-eight. So, but the thing is, um, before the tournament started, I heard the Wichita State, the voice of Wichita State, uh, Mike Kennedy, talking about he felt bad for Memphis, and of course, everybody uh, for their conferences, and they traveled to their conference tournament. Mike uh, Kennedy and his car man, 
And everybody sits around and says, hey, I think you can get in. I, yeah, you ought to get in. Oh, you know, you're all sitting around and having a good time and talking to each other up. But I think Memphis really, they didn't get to play some of their intersectional games. They were a good team. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I know Sean had his little wisecrack. Oh, they're number 69. Nah, they would have they probably won the first round. Probably, you know, had a good chance to go to the Sweet well, 16. They were a good team. Yeah, you know, it's not even whether Memphis could have been or not. But the and this year, yeah, it's a little different. But I still look at the NIT. I look at it like I don't put it down with the New Mexico Bowl and stuff. I look at it like that next second tier. What if they really want to, the NCA owns the NIT now? Give them the automatic bid the next year. Make it mean something. Now, granted, you could have that where they could be a really bad team the next year. But oh, yeah. get an automatic. Give them an automatic bid the next year. I mean, Memphis Memphis is just going to reload. I mean, that seems team. like with the NIT, though, it, it depends upon what team you see because um, Memphis did very well. I think probably a team like Ole Miss, who was one of the standby teams for the NCAA, when they didn't make it, I, I'm not sure that, that the NIT was, was at the head of the roster, if you will. Right. Yeah, yeah they were like, like one of those yeah, bowls, and you know, you see, you see it in football where uh, the coach isn't there anymore because he's gone somewhere else, and the top well, six guys are not there because they're going to go to the NFL and all that. It stuff. happened yeah. two years ago in the sugar. It happened in the Sugar Bowl a couple of years ago. Texas beat Georgia. Georgia missed out on the playoffs. Texas was like, hey, Oklahoma got in, so we made it to the Sugar Bowl as the Big Twelve representative. But Georgia was like, we didn't make the playoffs, so they were, you know, and Texas went in. You know, yeah. beat up on Georgia. But, yeah, Memphis Memphis was like, we didn't get to play. They stepped it up. We're like Mississippi, Ole Miss, St. Louis, Louisville, and Colorado State were the first four. Now, Colorado State went there and said, hey, they made their final Correct. four. But the yeah. other three were just kind of, the other three were just kind of like, eh, Kind of whatever, yeah. Why? It, yeah whatever. By, by the way, you speaking know. of Colorado State, they have a very famous assistant coach on that Colorado State, uh, State team, Chris, uh, Ali Farouk Manash is an assistant on that team. And, of course, we know he's famous because he knocked off UNLV in Kansas within two days of one oh, there, there you go. Okay. Well, the other the, the thing about Louisville, they didn't even go to the NIT. They said if we can get it because they were the top standby, or weren't they, or the second standby yep. to get into the yeah, tournament. They, so they just that's said, correct. We're not even going to go. We, we, we won't go if we can't go to the NCAA is what they said. So, so um, more we we know three of the frozen four. I mean, we just can't <laughs> find out. UMass went is going to go. They're going to play Minnesota Duluth. I know that Minnesota Duluth has won the last two uh, hockey championships, and they're going to play on Thursday the eighth. Remember those games are like at five and eight thirty on Thursday the eighth. They always play it after the Final Four weekend, the weekend of the Masters. So they'll be playing Minnesota Duluth and St. Cloud State knocked off BC, and they're going. And they're going to play somebody, and we think they're from Minnesota. Whoever they are, I heard it might have been. Well, Mankato. I know they're from. I, I know, know they're from Minnesota because yeah. they said three of the teams. Right. So, yeah. but we don't know the name of that team. So we'll know when we get to, to that show. But uh, and that. Okay, well, by so, the way, and by the way, Chris, that will be available for the, if those who want to listen. It will be available uh, nationally on Westwood One. So if people yeah. want to listen to that, they will carry it. Yep. Okay. Uh, so we had some uh, the big. Uh, the, we have some college news too. While we're in the college uh, segment, the Big Ten will let fans be there in the spring. Now, what I can't understand: where does this conference get off telling people in states and and you know the league well, is no, doing that? It's up to it, it's up to your state regulations 
But if states and cities allow it, then Big Ten will allow it. They'll allow no. fans based. Yeah, yeah, but my point is, okay, MLB doesn't say anything. They don't make announcements like that. They, they're like, yeah, once somebody can go to the games, they can go to the games, you know, and, and, and the hockey and basketball and the NFL. That's the way it was. Yeah, I, the league didn't. Yeah. The, the Big Ten is like, oh, we are going to say that we can go to these games. You know, you can have these fans. You yeah, know? It is, the big, Chris, it, is, it is the Big Ten, because keep in mind, the Big Ten, if it can be done wrong, the Big Ten did it. Well, I know that. Yeah, yeah I they, miss, they miss Jim Delaney. Because look, or like Indiana, the state of Indiana's allowed fans at games, but the Big Ten said not for Big Ten teams. Yes, that's what I'm saying. What, what, yeah. Where do they get off doing that? You know, they're not in the local area. You know, if you're, if you're running this, you know, right now, as a matter of fact, while we're at it, uh, we had a, we had a, we were a little confused. I thought the Blackhawks, when we get to hockey, I may as well just say this now because we're talking about fans being in the games. The Globe had a misinformation uh, from what I could figure out. The seven Canadian teams do not have fans at their hockey games. The three California teams do not uh, because the Bruins just got back. So that was the reason it came up. And the Blackhawks. So Illinois has decided not to do it for indoor fans and, you know, to do it, uh, they, their Cubs and, and White Sox will because they're going to be outside. But the Big Ten shouldn't be making any statements. MLB and NFL and everything, you know, Kansas City had fans. The Patriots had no fans. NFL didn't say anything about that. That's just the way it was done, you know? So I don't get it. That's just They can foolish. say it for the Big Ten tournament, but not for yes. each school. Correct. And especially mo- every school except Northwestern is a state-supported school in the right. Big Ten. Right. So, no, that's yeah. kind of ridiculous. We had a longtime coach uh, retire, Lon Kruger, uh, from o- Oklahoma. He coached for 39 years. And uh, so, I, I don't know, you know more about his career, uh, yeah. Sean, than, than I do. He was yeah, mostly he started, around the Big 12. Te- back, when, back when Texas Rio Grande Valley was Texas Pan American, he was there. He did not make the NCAA tournament, but he was Oklahoma, Florida State, Illinois, UNLV, Kansas State. Kansas State's where he kind of really came from. He's one of only three coaches to make the NCAA tournament with uh, with five teams. Of course, another one that did it this year was Rick Pacino, and he was a one and done. But I can't. I never found out who the third one is. Oh, okay. But one of only three to do, one of only three to do it with five teams. So, and it wasn't Eddie Sutton, was it? Eddie Sutton? Oh, no, I don't Eddie, think so. No, Eddie no. had three. Okay. Eddie had three. Oklahoma State, Kentucky. Uh, Kelvin Sampson's had three. Uh, I was sitting trying to figure out. There's a bunch that have three and a couple that have four, but I hadn't yeah. figured out who the, the other one was five. But uh, maybe somebody knows out there. But Lon Kruger, only one of three. Long time, like I said, long time career. 39, 39 years started. Like I said, they, were, they weren't even Texas Pan American. They were just Pan American University, but only a Division One school. Uh, he went off to Kansas State, then Illinois, Florida State, UNLV, Oklahoma. But yeah, he's, I mean, okay. he, he um, won everywhere. And Shaka Smart did not go, was not employed, unemployed long, uh, Sean. <laughs> well, actually, he was never fired. He was not fired. He took the Marquette job. So, because uh, everything was quiet, he was not unemployed. He was never unemployed. I have a and feeling I he. I have a feeling Sean. He knew what was coming, so he well, decided. And, I think, and plus, and he's from Wisconsin. Yeah. And Marquette is a little bit less stress. A little bit. He knew. I think him and the athletic director went and worked out something with Marquette, and Marquette is handling a lot of the buyout to hire him. And I think it'll be a better because, like a lot of people said, it's. He's a nice guy. It's not one. Of the, it's not like Tom Herman, where a lot of people are. Like, oh, God, let's get him. He he was very friendly, very close with his players. Very. He just could not win 
a tournament game with Texas. And he had the one year, the big year with Virginia Commonwealth. And a lot of times that's where you got to be careful with that hot commodity of one year. Remember, he was a he was a first four, and he made the final four that year, and he was a hot commodity, and Steve Patterson went and grabbed him because Steve Patterson had was at odds with Rick Barnes, you know, because two basketball guys. And, of course, you see where Steve Patterson was. It is now not in, not athletic director anymore. But, I mean, a good guy, but I think it's just best. And they're already talking. Eric Musselman's a guy that they like to have. Uh, Chris Beard. Chris Beard is like – Chris Beard's the top guy. Now, Royal Ivy played for the Longhorns. He's an NBA assistant coach. He's never coached in college, though. A lot of people are really high on him, including their two biggest stars of that era, T.J. Ford and Kevin Durant. But you have a concern. It's like, are you going to hire a program, uh, a guy in a program like Texas who, no, they're not a blue blood, but they're in a power five, a guy who's never coached in college, even though he's one of your – I mean, he was, if you ask T.J. Ford, Royal Ivy was a team leader – or you go get Chris Beard, and you know Chris Beard's buyouts. It goes down to four million if they wait till Thursday. So because April first it goes down. The guy at Oregon, Dana Altman's another one they're looking at. But and Chris Beard was an assistant in Austin, buddy. But is he saying, "Hey, I have stuff here in Lubbock," so you never know with this. So, so. Yeah. Okay. And Mike Woodson was hired by Indiana. Uh, I was just yeah. going to bring. I was just going to bring that up. Has he ever coached in college? No. No. See, I didn't. Here's the here's the thing with Indiana. Here's the thing at Indiana, though. Mike Woodson, it was hired, but the uh, head of baseball or baseball basketball operations (laughs) and something to do with associate um, with the athletic director or something is Thad Mata. You wonder if they've hired Thad Mata in case this does not work. Yeah, it could be. Well, and like whether it be Royal Ivy, if he were to get hired with Texas, or Mike Whitson with Indiana, Indiana especially going taking a guy that's never coached in college. Nothing against Mike Whitson, but you it's who you get as your assistant, who who you put around you. Because like a lot of people had some concern with Sarkeesian when he came into the you know, football coach, but then they're seeing, hey, he's hiring this guy's assistant. It's who you put around you. Is Mike Whitson going to put, like, if he, you know, you mentioned Thad Mata, you mentioned others coming in. I mean, you especially even more at a school like Indiana than even Texas, I mean, more of a blue blood in basketball than, you know, they are a basketball blue blood going out and getting it, taking that kind of risk. That's, you know, yeah. And he did play for Bobby Knight, and that's one of his attractions. So, yeah. you know, they, they, they like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Any more college uh, news before we hit the start hitting the NBA? No, no but yep. we do have a hand. So, Pam, okay. why don't you uh, hit the unmute button, and then we will hear you. Yes. Hey, good evening, fellas. How are Hello. you? Hello. Hello. Good. How are you? I am trying to get the heck out of the hospital. Okay. Okay. Well, um, can you sneak out that. like in a, in a like a, a food truck or something, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never mind that. Anyway, I'm just curious. Uh, you guys are talking all college stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Um, do you think that our Kansas coach is in any trouble? Uh, I don't. I don't think so for for the tournament. I think where he's going to hit some trouble is, and we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, 
what people don't realize is a lot of these investigations, you know, like we mentioned LSU and some other ones with the NCAA are going, Kansas hasn't been cleared by the NCAA. And if I think if anything's going to get him, it's going to be that. And by by the way, speaking of that, USC is included in that list. And And uh, yeah, so. Do you think think, though that before he catches crap that he'll jump to the NBA? That's always a possibility, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Work for John Calipari or he tried, you know, he jumped back and forth this place to that. So, and Pacino tried that a couple of times. Yeah, but had to go to the Nets because they, UMass, they were catching up at UMass before he came back to Memphis. So, Calipari's hauled hauled before he, (laughs) oh, that's another name that came up for Texas. I'm going, oh, please, no. I am in no way saying I want him to leave. I love Bill Self. Oh no! But at the same no. time, if you know he's if he's got blood on his hands, he needs to he needs to wipe it off and get the heck out of there if that's the case. Yeah, right. Yeah, but it may have just been on you know with that other uh, the uh, the athletic director may have had nothing. Sometimes, to do with it, so. yeah. Sometimes the big coach. I think well, the, I think the Bill Self stuff though. Point. I don't think that I don't think Jeff Long probably had anything to do with that. No, I, Jeff that Long, was before Jeff him. Long was with Les Miles. That the was, problem yeah. the but problem Bill with Self- these NCAA things, and we've we've said this before. These things take years upon years oh, upon years. This is taking forever. This started about four years. Some of these guys, some of these guys, will likely be gone before th- this is ever dealt with. Yeah, and and a lot of it with your a lot of your blue blood schools. Like, look at North Carolina; they had some sanctions. Roy Williams did not did not leave. Your blue bloods, your Kansas, your North Carolina; those guys tend to. Oh, they other people take the fall and they don't. Let's just say that happens. Right. Well, we better get to moving because people are going to want to listen okay. to these games tonight. So we better get All right. Okay. Yeah. So let me. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with the standings and schedule, and then we'll start to uh, go through these trades. Uh, the NBA in the East: Philadelphia is at 32 and 14. Brooklyn 32, 15. Milwaukee 29 and 17. So those are the big three fighting for the top. Then we drop down to the log jam. Charlotte 23 and 22. And I don't. Celtics haven't even played them, so I don't know what's going on there. But they they playing well. They were five, four or five games under 500, about ninth to tenth place, and they've they've worked themselves up to fourth. So well, now they may have a problem though with Ball being out probably for the rest of the season with a broken wrist. Yeah, huh? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, the Knicks. Uh, 24 and 23, Atlanta 23 and 23, Celtics, uh, and that would be your top, your seeded team. Top play-in team is the Celtics right now at 23-24, Miami 23 and 24, Indiana 21 and 24, Chicago 19 and 26. So right now, if the play-in were to start today, the seven would be the Celtics, the eight would be Miami. They'd play uh, here, and then Indiana would host Chicago. So that would be it, and then of course. Uh, the seven, the winner is the seven, and then you move on, like we explained, with the eighth and ninth. <clears throat> and so then I think there's a bit of a gap. We have Chicago down at 19 and 26. Toronto, well, they're not too far behind them at 18 and 29. Washington, 17 and 28. Cleveland, 17 and 30. Uh, Orlando, 15 and 31. And Detroit, 13 and 33. In the West, Utah, 35 and 11. Uh, and and we uh, thank goodness they're okay with that, that uh, plane uh, issue that we found out about earlier. Phoenix thirty one and fourteen. The Clippers thirty two and sixteen. Lakers starting to fall a little with their injuries thirty and seven, uh, seventeen. Denver twenty eight and eighteen. Portland twenty eight and eighteen. 
and then you're playing, those are your six seeds. You're playing teams. Dallas is 24-21, San Antonio 23-21. Then we go to Memphis 22-22, and Golden State 23-24. As we've said in the West, it pretty much looks like those are the teams that will be, uh, you know, not necessarily the, the ones from in the play-in can't move up, but my, my point is that the ones that are, those top ten are going to be your top ten, I think. Yeah, Dallas, and that's why, that's why the Lakers went out and got Andre Drummond to uh, try to make up for the absence of Anthony Davis. Yeah, right. You know. So Dallas uh, would host San Antonio right now in the 7-8 game. Memphis would host Golden State in the 9-10 game. And then, of course, the winners would move on. And then we dropped, so let's see, Golden State was where? 23-24. Then we dropped down to Sacramento. Well, you know what? They're only a game behind at 22-25. They've moved up a little bit. Yeah. New Orleans, New Orleans 21-25. and 25. Oklahoma City, 19-27. and 27. Houston, uh, they're gone, 13-33. and 33. And Minnesota, 11-36. and 36. As bad as Houston is, they can't fall behind Minnesota. That's, nope. that's one nope. thing. So Tuesday, I, would think, I would think the league would not be happy. I would, I would think the league, if they, if they could have their druthers, they would want the Pelicans to somehow sneak into some of this. Because oh yeah. I would think you'd want oh yeah, Zion into some of these playoffs. No, they well, play well against the Celtics. They put them on TV more than their record would uh, indicate. Because again, yeah. they, they do uh, think they're they're a pretty good uh, team they, potentially. So tonight's get game in the bubble. Yeah, <laughs> tonight's game Tuesday we have Charlotte at Washington. At 7 p.m., 9 p.m., Philadelphia at Denver, 10 p.m., Atlanta at Phoenix, and 10, Orlando at uh, the Clippers. So if you like basketball, there's going to be a lot of uh, college basketball to watch, but not too much NBA basketball. Okay, so we're going to try to run through these trades, and anybody can throw in any others or buyouts that they know of. Okay. I wrote them down as we went along, so we'll all throw in here. Victor Oladipo went to Miami from Houston, and – Kelly Olenek and uh, uh, Bradley Avery Bradley went to Houston also to to Houston. I don't remember where they came from, but they are potential uh, buyout Cleveland. people. They came, they came from Cleveland. Uh, all right, they are they're former Cleveland. Celtics and they're potential buyout uh, people that maybe even the Celtics will uh, take a look at, especially Olenek because he's kind of right. a big guy. So mm-hmm. we'll see about that. And uh, again, a lot of these guys could move. Uh, oh wait, again. no, no, they didn't come from Cleveland. They were part of the. They were the. Yeah, uh, they were in Miami. That's right. They were oh, the Miami Depot went trade. They were the other, yeah. They were part okay. of the Yellow Depot. Trade. They went to Houston, but they're not going to stay there. They're probably no. going to be bought no. out, probably. Uh, Rajon Rondo went to the Clippers, and Lou Williams uh, to Atlanta, so he can. Uh, what is the what is what is the magic to the wings in, in Magic City? He can go back to the and get his wings. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's right. We had a whole thing about that before. <laughs> okay. We have Aaron Gordon to Denver from Orlando. Orlando's getting rid of everybody. Orlando sold. Orlando yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, all these players that played in Orlando, they're good players, but on that team, it just didn't work. They never put it together. Nikola yeah. Busevich, another good player to the Bulls yep. from Orlando. Yep. Oklahoma City, uh, Sean found out, has 17 first-rounders and 17 second-rounders in the next seven years. That yes, won't yes. stay. That'll no, be, uh, no. Draft choices are us. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, they'll just uh, trade. And, of course, You'll some see. are protected. And, you know, they're all, they all have different... Uh, Types yeah. of things, so uh, you'll they'll see, be. You'll see Oklahoma City make lots of trades, and uh, you will. You know, and you'll see Danny Ainge talking to them a lot. He loves draft choices. So that's right. Talking about those guys. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Uh, let's see who else we got. We got Evan, we got Evan Fournier to the Celtics. They went 0 for 10 oh, last night. Off to a good start. <laughs> uh, but he's a 20 point scorer. Uh, I'd like you'll see Mo Wagner from uh, Chicago to the Celtics. 
right? Uh, Daniel Tice went to back to the Bulls. Yep. Uh, and he's, uh, they're both, uh, uh, well, Fournier is a free agent at the end of the year, and Tice is too. So we'll see if yep. the Bulls and Celtics hang on to those guys. Uh, okay, Brad Wanamaker to Charlotte from Golden State. Uh, Marquise Crisp to San Antonio from yep. Golden State. Uh, George Hill to Philadelphia from Oklahoma City. Uh, I, I listened to a little, just very little of the Oklahoma City game with the Celtics the other night. I didn't know who those people were. No. Nobody I knew. Neither okay. the fans in Oklahoma City. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Norm Powell from Toronto to Portland. Yeah. Uh, Luke uh, Cornett to the Celtics. We have J.J. Redick to Dallas. Uh, Jeff That's Teague went to Orlando, but he's not going to stay there, and there's rumors he might go to Milwaukee. Yeah, and uh, Gary Gary Trent Jr. was part of that Portland-Toronto uh, trade. Oh, yeah, uh, and there's and a history on that. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, tell that story, Sean. Um, uh, well, okay. Gary, well, Gary yeah, well, Trent story about his father. Gary uh, Trent, all right, Gary Trent Jr., of course, traded from Portland to Toronto. He's in his third season traded after 41 games into the third season. His father, Gary Trent Sr., drafted by Portland, traded to Toronto, 41 games into his third season. That has never happened before. <laughs> when the father and son traded to the same team, the same exact amount of games into the season from one team to another. And probably yeah. never, may never happen again. That was pretty yeah. bizarre. Also, on, uh, Rodney Hood was included into that deal. He went to Toronto yeah. also. Okay, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge uh, being bought out uh, by Brooklyn, or uh, going by to San Brooklyn, Antonio. Or by, uh, he got bought yeah, out by San Antonio. Bought out by San Antonio, and Andrew Drummond went to. Yeah, Andrew Drummond went to the Lakers, as you say. Brooklyn keeps loading up. That's right. Yeah, so. right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, any more NBA stuff? I I think that think that's about it. Did you guys see, uh, Chris, you were talking about Minnesota and Houston earlier. Did you see a, a game last week where with seven and a half minutes to go, Minnesota was lead, uh, Houston was leading Minnesota 101 to 85, and Minnesota scored the last 22 points no. yep. and won 107 to 101? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah, Big that night. did happen. I, yeah. <laughs> Big night for the Timberwolves, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so Perry, you heard a lot about the alternate sites uh, uh, for uh, the spring. You know, these uh, this transition time where some people are in minor league camp, but other people have gone to alternate sites in case they need quick call ups for uh, COVID. So, what what are the, some of the rules on that? And remember too, they will have on the away trip, you will have a five man taxi squad, not for your home games, but for your away games. You have a five man taxi squad that you take with you. <laughs> And mm-hmm. uh, you can activate them if you need to. The alternate sites, if you send a player to the alternate site, which obviously a lot of teams have, you know, they're the guys they had in spring training with them, you cannot call them up until eight days after opening day, barring an injury. So unless somebody gets hurt, you're stuck with what you have for eight days. Um, they, they will be playing games against other alternate site teams. Unlike last year where, you know, you just did enter squad, you will be able to play games against the other alternate site teams. And then of course the minor leaguers who were not in spring training will be at your spring training complex, uh, your complex there. And then coming up in May, you close your alternate site and everybody just reports to whatever minor league team they go to. Okay. And the rule five uh, is still the way it always is, right? You, if that, you, is you have to, you have to that is correct. That is correct. They have to keep it for the whole year. They go back to the team. That's yeah. right. 
So then we had uh, Lance McCullers signed a five years for $85 million uh, extension with Houston. Uh, Mike Shannon will retire after this year. He's only, only going to do uh, 50 games for the Cardinals, home games this year, and then he's going to retire. And I heard him the other day very briefly, and it sounds like he should. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> and he will now he will remain obviously you know involved with the organization. He'll be an ambassador, you know, and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then MLB channel on Sirius is moving. Yes. From two oh nine to yes, from two oh nine to eighty nine, so that XM and Sirius both have the same channel. It'll be on eighty nine. Now someone told me there were some that those who have the select package may not be able to stream games. I've not I cannot confirm that, so I'm not going to say that it's factual, but uh, I know the all access uh, subscribers can. Right. And and uh, Robert, you were just theorizing about the yeah, maybe just I, I, some of those I, others channels. I, I was just theorizing because uh with with uh 209 becoming 89, that leaves, you know, three channels that still need to be matched up and uh so I'm thinking, well, if they're going to do it with MLB, they'll do it with the others. Well, they could. The thing is, it does make it easier for the devices that you talk, you know, the uh, your, your smart devices. It makes it easier that way. But if you remember the name of what you want to hear, you don't really need the number either. So right. it's not right. super important. But cool. So uh, the Red Sox had a COVID scare, but it turned out, okay, Matt Barnes uh, I uh, had a false positive, as it turned out. So uh, he, they were able to stop the. They had quarantined eight uh, people from the bullpen. <clears throat> some for were going to be five days, some for seven days, depending on how close the contact they'd had with Matt Barnes. But then, as time went on, they determined that uh, he didn't have the virus in the first place. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, and as you say, Perry, the alternate sites can uh, play each other. Right. And uh, and then let's see. I think we had a couple more uh, baseball. Rem- items remember, remember too, uh, Spencer Turnbull of the Tigers is in protocol. Now, we don't know if that was a positive test or right. if it was contact tracing, but according to Dan Dickerson, he is in COVID protocol. Okay. And then uh, as far as uh, there were a few last minute things. Uh, uh, what, what's going on with Runette? What is his name? Runette Odor, Runette Odor for the Rangers. Odor. He has been designated for assignment. Uh, he had three years and $28 million left on his contract, and the Rangers must have wanted to get rid of him that badly because they're going to pay it off. So uh, I, uh, I heard today, Perry, that he has not officially been designated. They're still trying to trade him, but if they can't trade him, they are going to designate him. Well, I would so. think nobody's – If you look, if you can – just get him for the league minimum. You're going to wait right. and do that, right? Okay. And uh, now Otani uh, from the Angels uh, got injured. Some kind of an injury, I think. It was, a bl- it was a blister. Yes. So he will. He'll be able to hit, but they're not sure if he'll miss a start or not. Yeah. Right. This never works out. I mean, this is <laughs> you know theoretically the the biggest thing since I don't know Mark Fidrich or something. It never quite works out with the, him being able to pitch and hit, and something's always going wrong. So and trust me, when he pitches, he's a very good pitcher, and he's yeah. also a very good hitter. Yes, he is. Yeah, you know? I know. Well, it's time. I think, uh, unless anybody else has any other baseball news, I think it's time uh, for see, our didn't, pick. Didn't uh, Steve also... Steve Cshack. And uh, who was the other guy? Steve C. Tony Watson. Tony Tony Watson. Watson. They signed for the Angels' bullpen at $1 apiece. Okay. 
All right. Well, I don't won't change my picks, but no. <laughs> good to know that though. All right. So we'll go through like we do for the panel. If Bill's here, he can throw in some picks. If he's not, then uh, he can say, "I would have said this, and I would have you <laughs> say that in October." Yeah. Okay. Right. So we'll we'll just do the division winners, the wild cards, and the World Series. Uh, how we think the World Series might go. So uh, for the and East, first of all, is it is, how many wild cards <coughs> this year? Is it two. like it's been just two? Yep, two wild cards. Okay. So in the American League East, I'm picking the Yankees. Central, I'm picking the White Sox. The West, I'm picking Houston. For the wild cards, I'm picking Oakland to go against Minnesota. And in the uh, and I'm picking the in the National League. I'm picking Atlanta in the East, St. Louis in the Central, Dodgers in the West, the Mets in San Diego for the wild card uh, teams. And uh, if they were in other divisions, you know, those they're two good teams. They aren't going to win divisions, I think. And I think the Dodgers will beat the Yankees four games to two in the World Series. So that's well, that'll make David USF very happy. <laughs> that's right. So, Rick, what do you got? Uh, American League East, Yankees, Central, White Sox, West. I'm going with the Angels. Angels. Um, well, yeah. well, he just heard about those two one million dollar pitchers. <laughs> okay, board. Wild cards are going to be Minnesota and Toronto. Oh, um, National League East. I'm taking the Mets. The Central. I'm taking Milwaukee. Uh, Dodgers in the West. Wild card Atlanta and San Diego. And World Series will be the Dodgers over the White Sox. Oh, 1959 rematch. Okay. <laughs> All right, Barry. Uh, in, in the East, I'll go with the Yankees. I am sticking with the Twins in the Central. I'm not quite there on the White Sox yet. I think they'll be very good, but I think the Twins will take it. In the A's in the West, okay. uh, the Wild Cards, I'll give the White Sox and the Rays. And then in the NL, I am going Braves, and then against my better judgment, Cardinals. Yeah. And Dodgers, and I'll say Braves, Padres for or the uh, Mets, Padres for the wild cards. Okay, and the World Series. Uh, I think that's going to be New York and L.A. Uh, Yankees and Dodgers, huh? Yep. And who wins? Uh, we'll give it to the Dodgers. I think the, the okay. they're they're just good. I mean, it, if their pitching <laughs> is on, it's on. Yeah, I, I don't think Bill's back, so I guess we'll go to Robert. <clears throat> okay. American League East, Yankees. Uh, American League Central. Um, I'm going to go with the White Sox. Um, I like the Twins, but I'm going to give it to the White Sox. Uh, in the West, I'll give it to the A's. Uh, God, uh, hopefully Oakland can do something in the playoffs to turn this ownership around. I'm, I'm disgusted. Uh, well, the one and, thing, uh, Robert, it doesn't look so bad. You know, I don't know what they're allowed to have in Alameda County. With the, I know it's different in different parts of the state. But, I mean, it won't look so bad now if you have your 8,000 fans in that stadium. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of kind of work. You have to spread them out a little bit. But uh, it's kind of the crowds they get anyway. So it's okay. Uh, yeah, don't remind me, Chris. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. National League uh, East. Uh, oh, your wild, your wild cards, Robert. Oh, well, wow, oh wow. Okay, let's see. I will go with uh, Toronto and Minnesota. Okay, for the wild cards. Um, in the National League, I'll go with uh, the Mets in the East. I'll go with the Cardinals in the Central, Dodgers in the West, and my wild card teams will be Braves, Padres. Okay. And, and World, World Series. Series, Dodgers, Yankees, with Dodgers winning. Okay. 
All right. And uh, Sean? All right. In the American League, I'm going to start off with the Yankees, like everybody else. See, that's unanimous. We've all got the Yankees. Uh, Minnesota in the Central, Oakland in the West. My wild cards are going to be Tampa Bay and Houston. Wild cards are going to be Tampa Bay and Houston. In National League, I'm going to go with I'm going with the Mets to win. Cardinals in the Central, Dodgers, and then Braves, Padres, and I think it's going to be a I think it'll end up being uh, Dodgers over Minnesota four games to one. I'll rematch of 65. Okay. All right. So I guess that's it. So now we can start into the NFL. Maybe when Bill comes back, he can give his baseball. He can. He can. uh, Okay. New Orleans, apparently the Saints are involved in naming rights somehow (laughs) for this uh, stadium. And that normally doesn't happen. It's usually up to whoever owns it in the city and all that. But maybe they sweetened their deal when they threatened to leave after Katrina. But anyway, I guess they're going to try to uh, name it after Caesars. What's the name going to be? Caesars Superdome. They've signed a deal with Caesars Entertainment Incorporated. It's going to be the Caesars Superdome. Yeah, okay. So, whatever. No, so much for Mercedes. Caesars has has casinos right there all over Louisiana. They got them in Shreveport. They got them in Lake Charles and Orleans. They got them right there in Biloxi, Mississippi. Caesars has a lot of casinos there. So, yeah. Okay. So, the big news in the NFL was about a lot of draft choice swapping. San Francisco moved Mm -hmm. to number three, and that got from Miami, who, who got the 12, and then, and, and from San Francisco, and then Miami now has six. And Philadelphia now has the 12, I think. Yeah, so, and Miami yeah. collected, uh, what was it, three number ones, Rick, out of that deal? Yeah. Um, well, I think they had two number ones plus a number three. Okay. Um, yeah. and, and then they gave back back one of the number ones to Philadelphia in the trade. Okay, all right. So, yeah, one, a two, a one, yeah. a two, and a three. They, yeah. still, they gave back one of them. They gave theirs. And, you know, for Miami, this is all off of that Laramie Tunzel trade because yeah. the three that they traded – the three that they traded was Houston's pick. That was not their pick. They right. still have their first round draft pick, yeah. I believe. Yeah. They still, now, but they got uh, the number six. They did a Herschel Walker thing, kind of. Yeah. The, yeah. the rumor, the rumor I'm hearing out here because I'm in California. Of course, Trevor Lawrence, we know, is going to go number one to Jacksonville. Uh, the Jets, uh, I keep hearing Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. I don't know yeah. if any. I don't know if anybody's heard any different. But the rumor I hear in, in, out here is Kyle Shanahan wants uh, Mac Jones. That's yeah. the reason why he made this deal. That one so. surprised me over a Trey Lance or uh, Justin Fields. I mean, Mac Jones is good, but over those two, because like I said, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, I look at you can interchange those three. Uh, you know, well, those three uh, all... now, um, you know, I, I don't know. But, Kyle Shanahan uh, was at Alabama's Pro Day today, though, and. He was really singing the praises of Mac Jones. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Everybody, everybody says here the 49ers are going to take Jones. Now, oh, I, uh, well, I wouldn't surprise, it wouldn't surprise me if they did, and then they yeah. got something for if they say, okay, it's time to, what are we going to get for Garofalo? No, uh, the plan from what I'm hearing, and believe me, I hate talking about the 49ers, <laughs> but the, 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 the plan I hear is Garofalo is going to stay and he's going to start, and uh, they're going to have Mac Jones sit behind Garofalo for at least a year. So, yeah, like the Kansas City did with Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes, right. yeah. Yeah, people here just cannot accept that Newton's going to be the quarterback. They yeah. just won't. Well, you know, another thing, after, after all these trades, too, that, this means that if, if Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps next year, then the 
Philly has three number one uh, first round picks next year. Actually, there's two yeah. scenarios, Rick, where yeah. that can happen. Not, not only does Carson Wins play 75% of the snaps, but if he plays 70% of the snaps and Indianapolis and makes, makes the, the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. You know, okay. All right. So we'll see how that all works out. I still don't. Uh, I don't and we know thought all that was going to be the big news until today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, what the seventeenth game, right? Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we're going to have the seventeenth game this year. The Super Bowl. They still haven't worked it out to get it to President's Day yet. No. The Super Bowl is going to be. They played have. On they February have. 13th. It will be. It will be next year. Okay. So I don't know whether yeah. they're going to start the season late or add a by another bye week after Labor Day. They're starting. They're starting. The <laughs> yes, but <laughs> this year they're going to. Then that's why it's only, only going to be February thirteenth. But I'm saying if they want to get it to President's Day, they're either going to have to have another buy or start a week later to to do it. So that's just that's the way President's Day works. So anyway, so so the seventeenth game is going to be, and of course it's going to alternate. Some years it's going to be your home game. Some years it's not. And the eight every eight years. You're, it's supposed to be either a neutral site game in North America or Mexico or something, or go internationally. Yeah. Everybody has to give up at least one home game. One of those that they have the nine games, they have to give up one, at least one every eight years. Now, that means some teams can play. Some teams don't have to wait eight years. They can go. They can do it. Every, like if Jacksonville wants to keep going to London for that ninth game, then keep doing But you have to give up at least one every eight years. And like I said, I could see them doing some stuff in some non-traditional cities, you know, that say, hey, how would football work here? You know, let's give it back to them. Let's give them one game. I could see it not just a London or Mexico City or Toronto or something like that, but... Now and for this, now for this catch- year, for this year, Rick, you said you have the seventeen, the week seventeen games. games? Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. It's um, you know, it's going to be that in you know the opposite conference in a, a different division every year, and it's going to be you know first place first that kind of thing. So right. it's yeah. the East are playing the East, so you're going to see Washington at Buffalo, the Giants at my. I, but I believe the AFC has the whole all the home games like we talked about earlier. That yeah. it would make sense for one conference to have them all each year. Right. So Washington at Buffalo, the Giants at Miami, uh, Dallas at. Patriots and oh. Philadelphia at the Jets. Uh, the two Southern divisions are playing each other, so you're going to have New Orleans at Tennessee, Tampa Bay in Indianapolis, um, Carolina at Houston, and Atlanta at Jacksonville. Then the NFC West is playing the AFC North, so you're going to have Seattle at Pittsburgh, the Rams at Baltimore, Arizona at Cleveland, and San Francisco at Cincinnati. And that leaves the NFC North to play the AFC West. So you have Green Bay at Kansas City, Chicago at Las Vegas, um, Minnesota at the Chargers, and Detroit at Denver. Okay. Now we know, we know, Rick, the now owners. the 17th game week, I'm, I'm just clarifying, th- those are going to be sp- uh, spread through the season, right? Yes. It's not yeah, yeah, be, not all one week. Correct. No, all one week. Yeah, no. all one week. No. We know okay. the owners love this idea because it, it, it's more money. The players don't like it. Why? Well, I mean, they, they keep coming up with this. You know, you say you want you, your concern is, is the player's safety, but you're adding an extra, an extra game and no extra bye week. But, of course, the, the players all agreed to this in the last agreement. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's down the three. Yeah, I think three preseason games. Yeah. Well, well like remember. somebody was saying today, between between only three preseason three preseason games and the and the you know the 
the way they do practice now, it's it's so controlled that you may actually be hitting less than you did years ago, even with the 17th yeah. game. Yeah. You know what? I'm um, hearing they may actually cut the preseason to two preseason games because you're getting to the point where you don't play your guys in your preseason games anyway, hardly ever right. anymore. Yeah. Well, rem- remember the original proposal before it got negotiated is the NFL wanted only two preseason games and 18 regular season yeah. games. Yeah. So. Well, that was the original pro, uh, proposal yeah. to get to get the Super Bowl to the um, President's Day. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so I guess yeah. this, now the season this year is going to start on on September 9th and yeah. finish on January 9th. Yeah. And um, looking at Tampa Bay's schedule, I'm I'm predicting that that opening game is going to be Buffalo or Tampa Bay because they okay. they really don't have a great home schedule. The only other one that's real attractive is maybe the Rams. Because I don't think New Orleans is the draw that it was with Breeze. So. Well, I, uh, we, we speculated on this the other day, Rick. I think what's going to happen since Drew Breeze is now working for NBC, I think you're going to see New Orleans at Tampa could Bay. Be, yeah. Because then Breeze is going to talk about his replacements. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I think I think the Saints in Tampa Bay are going to be the opening game. Whatever, hey, whatever you put on Thursday night, people love it. You know, <laughs> you know. I mean, you want to get a good game, and we've had plenty of good teams coming here. But you know, it, it, you, you know, for the years that it's here. But I mean, you, you've had situations where you kind of look at it. Uh, Gi- one time, the Giants had I don't know somebody in the was it the Redskins or something? It was just kind of Dallas. Strange. I don't know Dallas, maybe I don't know, but it just wasn't. It didn't have a lot of luster to it. I, I remember thinking that. No. Whereas you kind of like something that's a little unusual, like when a, yeah. a, a, somebody not in your division or in the other conference. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. And we but, do have we did have some free agent signings this week. Oh, good. Okay. They're not, I they're not the big them. names like last year, but there's right. a few. Uh, the Eagles signed Joe Flacco. Oh. Yeah, he'll, he'll be the backup for yeah. uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. The okay. Jets signed Tevin Coleman, the running back from San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Chicago signed Damian Williams, who was the kind of the star of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, but he, he opted out last year with Kansas City. Right. Um, Denver signed um, Mike Boone, uh, third string running back from Minnesota. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Uh, the Raiders, I uh, can tell you, they signed wide receiver Willie Sneed from uh, Baltimore. Oh, did they? I didn't hear that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, travel Willie Sneed. He's on, well, yeah. he was there for two years, but he was on New Orleans yeah. before that. Yes. Tennessee uh, so. signed Josh Reynolds, the receiver from the Rams. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Atlanta signed the running back Mike Davis, who filled in pretty good for um, um, McCaffrey last year on Carolina. Carolina, uh, yeah. yeah. Carolina signed uh, with a third or fourth string uh, receiver from Seattle, um, David Moore. Yeah. Um, Cincinnati signed an ex-giant first-round draft pick that's never really made it and bounced all around the league, uh, Eli Apple. The oh, yeah. The, Ra- the Raiders had him in last year. They yeah, there's a lot of teams that have had him. They, they were going to sign him, and apparently they didn't like what they saw, and they, they <laughs> immediately backed out of that deal real quick. Uh, Detroit signed Josh Hill, the ex uh, tight end for New Orleans, and they signed place kicker Randy Bullock. Um, Jacksonville signed C.J. Beathard, and the Giants signed uh, the Patriots defensive lineman Danny Shelton. Yep. Um, that's, no, now, the only uh, other thing I have is Dan Snyder bought out all his minority partners, so he's now sole, sole owner of the Well, that has, that has not officially been approved. That's yeah, going to be, yeah. be covered in the owners' meetings that are going yeah. on today and tomorrow. Right. You know, this should be good news for the Cowboys, Giants, and Eagles. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, it but, is. you know, the interesting thing on this C.J. Beathard thing, he may actually get to play a little bit in Jacksonville because 
as you know, you have Minshew, but yeah. you may actually get to play a little bit down there. Well, yeah. they're going to try and trade Minshew. Uh, they want yeah. Bedford to be the backup for Lawrence. So. Yeah, that's the. Uh, or is, the is, uh, it, is it that? Is it they want? What do they want? They want maybe Bathard around in case they need something like the Dolphins did with Fitzpatrick, maybe. Yes, that, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and the for the people who just can't accept uh, Cam starting, yeah, that's a back. If you, well, we can't get the, uh, 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 Garoppolo, can't we get Minshew? You know, they want something. <laughs> they, they, you know, they they're pleading, they're pleading and begging. They don't want to see this again. <laughs> so I don't know, but I mean, hey, again, we're, yeah, an off season, a full off season, the proper kind of off season. Maybe they can work on his mechanics and figure something out. I don't know. But, well, apparently, uh, General Manager Bill and Coach Bill seem to agree on Cam. So they do. They do, and you know how that works. Okay, any more NFL stuff before we go to hockey? Not me. No. no. Okay. <clears throat> All right, the standings. Here we go. In the East, Washington at 50, the Islanders 48, Pittsburgh 48. So they're right together. The yeah. Bruins are now at 39. So the, the, the battle is now for the fourth and uh, final playoff spot with the Bruins. They've got some games in hand, of course. They do, and, and a lot of them are with Buffaloes. They are. Yeah. So <laughs> they may be able to move back up, but they're at and 39 Buff- right now. Buffalo's going to help everybody out. <laughs> That's right. Bruins are at 39, Philadelphia 38, the Rangers are 34. So then you drop back to New Jersey at 30. Boy, the Bruins are having trouble with New Jersey, however. Yeah. And then uh, Buffalo was 17. Robert, did you hear, and Rick, you probably saw it. There's this thing, and I didn't realize, that the whole puck has to go across the goal. Oh, yeah. Oh, you don't that remember is, that? That is correct. No. I oh, we went, we went over, over and over that with Eddie Johnson in that game against Chicago, that one to nothing game. Yeah. Oh, that game. Oh, I remember that game. Yeah. yeah 70. Okay. Yeah. Because we – no. So what happened was the Bruins had two – Potential goals taken away in the last minute of that one nothing loss to New Jersey. Yeah, and and remember uh, to bring to bring this full uh, to bring this into full focus. Remember the nineteen ninety nine Stanley Cup final with uh, Dallas oh, yeah. and and Buffalo. The whole controversy with Brett Hall that was that was one of the reasons why. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, I don't know. People are talking about different kinds of ways to get around it and electronics, and I don't know what they're ever going to figure yeah. out. Because there's pucks, you know, there's pucks that like go in the inside of the thing, but they never really get in the net, and you know, there's a lot of little uh, intricacies to it. Yeah, and it's they, also like the, in the case with the Bruins game, there it's, it's awful hard to tell because the puck was on edge. Right, right, right. So okay, so again, Philadelphia, so the Rangers are at 34, New Jersey at 30, and Buffalo at 17. Now they did get a, and Robert says. Now Robert is going to be wrong. Buffalo is going to win another game, Robert. I, I, don't, I, I don't. I don't think so. But Robert, they might. six weeks to, to go here. Come on, they're going to win. They got an overtime loss the other day. That was a point, Robert. They only had sixteen. Now they get seventeen. I know. Right. I know. Well, believe me, uh, they they are the by far the worst hockey team I think I've ever seen. It's, <laughs> well, it's bad, and they just tied the record for the worst. Uh, and I even I know this. They tied the record for the most losses by a team. Eighteen, after, uh, 18, 18 in a row. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right, in the north, in the uh, previously healthy Canadian division until Montreal started to get the virus. Toronto with 40. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Toronto, here we go. Here we go. You're going to be you, – now you were going to be up for the Duxbury uh, coaching job. Now you're out. <laughs> okay. uh, Toronto with 47, Winnipeg with 46, Edmonton 45, Montreal still hanging on to that playoff spot even though they haven't played for a week with 37. Calgary 35, Vancouver 35, and Ottawa is out of it at 28. In the Central, Tampa Bay now leads with 50, Carolina 49, Florida 48, 
Nashville has come on into fourth place. They've been playing well lately. They got up to 37. Yes, they have. And they're now tied with the Blackhawks with 37. We have Columbus at 34, Dallas at 31, and Detroit at 28. And in the West, we have uh, Vegas Golden Knights have 49, Colorado 48, Minnesota 44, St. Louis 38, uh, and Arizona 37. So, again, the parallels between the Bruins and the Blues the last couple of years continue. Yep. Arizona 37, the uh, Kings at 32, San Jose at 32, and Anaheim at 28. So tonight's schedule, <clears throat> at 7, we have Columbus at Tampa Bay. Also at 7, Washington at the Rangers. Seven as, as well, New Jersey at the Bruins. Uh, Detroit at uh, Florida is also a 7 o'clock game. And Edmonton at Montreal at 7. And at 7.30, we have Carolina at Chicago. I don't know why. I mean, that's a TV game. Is that a TV game, Robert? Yes, that's that early is. for Chicago. Okay. Yes, yeah, that it is. is. All right. 8 o'clock, Dallas at Nashville. And that's it for Tuesday night, a relatively light uh, Tuesday night for the NHL. So we had a... Uh, we had a situation, it, it, you know, just never be totally honest. We had a referee get fired this week yeah. because he said, now we used to listen to the show, Rick and I, this a really good show. It never got publicity. It was on a small station, Sportscope. And this guy, George Bent, used to, you know, be a referee. And he used to say, I don't care what you guys say, there's makeup calls all the time. I think he was the one that said, there's always makeup calls. It's human nature. It just always happens. Well, Tim Peel, who I'd never heard of before he got fired, uh, he is Very in good referee, though. 1999, and apparently Nashville and Detroit were having a game, and he'd called a penalty on, uh, what was it, Nashville? And yeah. So he, yeah. He had to call one on one of the Detroit guys, and he did. Oh, no, no. The, the one he called was Nashville. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It had been Detroit, and then he called yeah. on that. And he said, uh, I had to call this effing penalty because, uh, you know, we got to – how did he word well, it, Robert? Well, he said there, was, there wasn't much there, but I need to call a penalty on Nashville. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. and, and always, unfor- unfortunately for him, he said it in a live microphone. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And you always knew it would happen. I mean, if you saw, especially like you're sitting there watching a playoff and you're really paying attention, and you see the first team get two power plays, you know the third yeah. penalty is going to the other team. It's just the way it is. So yeah. It goes it goes on all the time. So this would have been his last year, but he's out already. Uh, okay, and. Uh, Okay, we already talked about which uh, places don't have fans, and uh, you know yeah. we're getting there in the NHL. And I don't know how the NBA is, but I'm probably it's probably pretty similar. Yeah, uh, what the NHL has, uh, and then we are. Uh, so I think that's all. Oh, uh, Robert, you had some trades that you were. Yeah, to we discover. we uh, we had a couple of trades, and I, I'm I'm thoroughly disgusted at U.S. media. Because I had to go to the Canadian papers to to find out stuff, and there's still one of the trades I don't know all the details on. Uh, Claude Lemieux's son for the Rangers. Now I forget what his name is, but he was traded to the Los Angeles Kings on Saturday for future considerations, whatever that means, whether there's cash exchange or draft picks or whatever. Uh, that was done on Saturday, but apparently on Friday, the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, made a trade with Buffalo and got uh, Eric Stahl, and of course uh, the well-traveled Eric Stahl. He's been the well, around yeah, the well, the, yeah, the well-traveled Eric Stahl. And Stahl, at the beginning of the season, put all Canadian teams on his no-trade list because Canada <laughs> has uh, had a 14-day quarantine where if you go in a country, you had to wait two weeks. Well, mm-hmm. apparently, all the NHL teams in Canada contacted the Canadian government and said. You know, we got the trading deadline coming up. We need this needs to change. 
So, well, apparently the government decided to help them out, and now it's a seven-day quarantine. And as soon as the government put that in place, uh, this trade was automatically approved. So Stahl is currently in in uh, quarantine, and he'll be eligible when his seven days are, are up to play for the Canadians. Okay. Yeah, and actually, that they're going to have to do something if they're going to play the playoffs. You know, when we get to the division winners, the four the four teams, I assume I'm guessing. And again, it's it's two three months away, so this could change. Yeah. You would think you would play it in Canada because the Canadian teams have just been staying in Canada, but that would mean you'd have a week's uh, delay right now for the other three teams to come up there and, and get ready to play. Right now, uh, also, I did confirm the NHL is going to use the week of May 9th to May 15th for all these makeup games. So, so basically, the NBA, when does the NBA end? May 16th, is it? Or May, May right 16th. Around? May 16th. Yeah, right. So, in the same time. Usually, yeah. what happens in the playoffs is the so the NHL is losing a little bit here. Usually, the NHL is about half a round ahead of the NBA. So you'll often see that the uh, you know the first round the NHL is about half over the NBA playoffs start so the games are a little more significant as you go down uh, the list and the NHL ends earlier so they tend to get a little bit you know oh this is game six of this series but that's only game two of that series kind of right. thing but now that's not going to happen this year they're going to be pretty much going about the you know the play-in games will be happening in the NBA or while right. the NHL is taking three or four days off and then they'll all pretty much start together so it's right. going to be kind of crazy this year. But uh, I, that's all the NHL stuff I had. Yep, that's all I got. All right, so I think it's poll question time. That's right, and the poll question where you can call in 646-876-9923, yeah, and then enter code 287-723-4600, hit the pound key twice. Uh, opening day memories. <laughs> okay, well, I get to uh, do our historic opening day. Rick and I... On April uh, 6, 1973, on a blustery, typical New England April day, we're at Fenway Park, and we saw the first DH hit in Major League Baseball history. Ron Bloomberg for the Yankees is the first DH, and in the top of the first inning, he batted, and uh, I don't remember if he got a hit or not, but there was a game the Red Sox ended up winning. I know that, and Orlando Cepeda was the Red Sox DH, and uh, but that we saw the first uh, DH I just remember going to a lot of cold openers. I, I went to openers. Uh, well, one one uh, that we went to, I remember, was uh, this was a weird one. It was Patriots Day. And uh, back in the old days, like the 50s and 60s, they used to open on Patriots Day. This one opened on Patriots Day because of the strike in the season in 72 to create that weird thing where the Red Sox lost by half a game and they just started randomly on Saturday the 15th. So Monday the 17th was Patriots Day. So our friend Ralph and Rick and I went to that game. And it wasn't very well. I don't think it was really well attended. I, don't, I think we're playing uh, Cleveland. I think Buddy Bell was. I think it might have been Buddy Bell's first game. I remember Buddy Bell being in that game. But oh, uh, let's see. Any other random opening uh, days? I'm, I just uh, kind of think of you know, just different things. Even even the road openers that were kind of cool. I don't know. But you know, I went to so many. We went to openers for about ten years there, and uh, you know. The days varied. There was sometimes. Oh, I, I should tell one story. I forget who they were playing in 1980. We had this friend Mark uh, who uh, used to work with me and Rick knew at the time, and uh, he's not in the area anymore. But he had a friend who was one of the hostages in uh, in Iran, and uh, he, they went to school together uh, at um, I think uh, I can't remember what school. Were they, did they go to Colgate or some somewhere? Anyway, one of the New York uh, state schools, and um, not not a state New York state school, but a 
state, a school in New York State. Anyway, whatever school they went to, he bought a seat and left it empty uh, for his friend. And he was the guy who got out first. He had a medical condition, and they let him out first. I can't remember his name now. I used to know it, but uh, he got out separate from the other hostages. Uh, because he was he was uh, sick, uh, Richard something I think, but I cannot remember his name. But anyway, that was kind of kind of cool. So just a lot of fun on opening day. Just the idea of baseball is coming back, spring is coming, and even if it is forty degrees and you're sitting there uh, freezing, it's still uh, fun to be at the ballpark. So Rick, yeah. Um, besides the one Chris just mentioned, I'm thinking of. Um I, it was probably '69. I don't know, Chris. You can say that. Tony Canigaro's first game back. Yes. After you know, after you know, '67, him getting involved more. Yeah. Yeah. Involved. So yeah. So that was, you know, I mean, he never was the player he was before, but it was good to see him back. Yep. And the only other thing I think is, um, the year that, the year after the Carlton Fist left to go to the White Sox. Oh yeah. He came into Boston on Boston's opening day and hit like a three-run homer in the eighth inning to. To beat the Red Sox. That game is, uh, no, it was the 10th inning, and that game was been on class. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I was at that game, and I don't think you were there. But no, I wasn't, that, no. That game, uh, I went to, went to that game with our friend Judy, but that game was um, has been on classic sports a bunch of times with uh, Jimmy Pearsall and Harry Carey, which is a pretty good team. <laughs> and it was, you know, back in, in, before we started actually winning some championships, the Red Sox, so it, it used to be a joke in Boston that if, if they won opening day, the headline in the paper the next day was, Pendant fever grips hub, and if they lose, yeah. it was wait till next year. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's about all I got. <laughs> okay. Well, well, the Cubs had a lot of wait till next year. So 108 <laughs> of them, and fortunately, I wasn't around for all of them. But um, I think my biggest one it was um, the year that a guy named Tuffy Rhodes, and, oh, and yeah. he he had hit a he hit a game winning home run to win the old American Association title for Iowa, and uh, then the next year, he was up in Chicago on opening day, and Tuffy Rhodes hits three home runs on opening day, <laughs> and uh, that was a good one, and when we went to a game one time here locally, um, and it was it was freezing. It, literally, it was probably 30 <clears throat> degrees, and because our stadium is at the confluence of two rivers, and uh, we went right. We went to the game, and it was about thirty degrees. We lasted about maybe two innings, and enough of that was enough because it was literally <laughs> below freezing. That and oh, it was bad. Uh, actually, well, actually, if, Bill, Bill's next. If Bill's back, if Bill's back, I guess he's not. Bill is not. Bill. So Robert, go ahead. Um, the I only hope he didn't one get I nailed can... by the narks, but you know when he went for those. <laughs> <laughs> The only the only opening day thing I can think of that you know would be uh, uh, April fourth of seventy uh, four when uh, Hank Aaron, yep. uh, you know, uh, hit number seven fourteen, uh, and there was a big controversy about that because you know the Braves you know wanted him to play, and of course uh, Bowie Kuhn stepped in after that game and said uh, he's got to miss the rest of the series, you know. And uh, or something like that. I can't remember, but that's the only thing opening day thing as far as memory goes. I think goes. part of that I was because, of course, that Monday night game was on NBC, and I think they really right. wanted to try to get that game national, and it worked. Yeah. It right, yeah. it on national TV. Right. So that's really the only opening day thing I can truly think of that that I, I've seen. So, uh, of course, uh, I go never, Sean. You you probably got some because boy, it's not going well for the Longhorns. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well. I had some because, you know what I mean, but 
I just, my opening day memories, of course, moving August of 81, I moved from Missouri to Louisiana. So I didn't, you know, didn't get to hear Cardinal Day games or anything. And I just remember from 82 on trying to wait till it got dark enough to get KMOX <laughs> just to get those games. Cause I'm like, Oh, cause that's the only way unless they were playing a team that was one of the super stations, the Cubs or the Braves or if they were playing the Astros. That's the only way I could get a game. And then I just remember a couple of years ago, I'm going, man, why are they playing a day game on opening day? I need a night game. Come on. I want to see. And this was like in the eighties when the Cardinals were, you know, winning, going to world series, the Ozzie Smith, Vince Coleman years. And I'm going, man, y'all played, but I just remember going, come on now. And it's just struggling right as Cam X is starting to come in. And I'm just, you know, that, that's part of my biggest, you know, fighting with Cam X, trying to get them to come in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because in the 60s, they did play night games. I can remember listening to KMOX at night, and the Braves would play night games to open and stuff. And I, it was pretty cool, you know, to be able to get an extra well, opener. Yeah, there was like one year. Armed like Forces. One year they didn't play. I, I, another thought about opening day. I used to every year try to get, because the, the Senators would be on Armed Forces, and they would, uh, you know, always have, uh, well, they would have the road announcer or the home announcer, and occasionally the Red Sox were there. But the thing was, that was always cool, to come home from school and try to get armed forces. Some days it came in, some days it didn't, and here are the senators. And one of the things they would do, uh, do between innings, they would do it on that particular day, is run down the broadcast crews of who was doing the games that year. And that was kind of cool. They have a whole list of who's doing the games for each team, so you'd know who you'd be listening to on but armed forces. That- that year, the reason they didn't play opening because they were at regularly playing an opening. So oh, well, they that, didn't yeah, they didn't have that game. Yeah, that year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's we got any uh, fans? We who got a couple talk of them. Jamal day? is next. Jamal, if you want to unmute. I'm back at home now. <laughs> but, uh, but with all that being said, I have a couple of open day memories. Mm hmm. One National League and one American League. The National League one, I think it was about probably 14 years ago. I can't quite remember the year. A friend of mine came to town and, and said, hey, Jamal, do you want to go with me to the Cubs opening day game? So he paid for the tickets, and we went to the Cubs opener against the Atlanta Braves. And I was rooting for the Atlanta Braves at the time. I'll freely admit that the Braves were leading. Unfortunately, at that time, because of uh, transit connections out in my area, I had to leave the game near the top of the night. So I would, uh, so I wouldn't blow a transit connection and then miss the last bus and all that. So I leave. I so I cut out Wrigley Field. We cut out Wrigley Field. We got to the L station. I had my radio on. The Braves were leading. And next thing I know, the Cubs tied the game and ultimately won the game. Ah, wow. So, the, so then Jamal is it, Jamal then is that on that particular day was it your fault that the Braves lost? <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, you, hey, blame the RTA for the transit connections at the time, although the transit connection got a little better. And number 2, I told some of you this story before, but the general audience I don't think I have. The year was 1985, April 4th. The White Sox opened up in Milwaukee against the Brewers. You had the, the, Hall, the now deceased Hall of Famer, Tom Seaver, against the little Mexican uh, lefty, Teddy Higuera. Oh, yeah. Who was considered a solid pitcher. He was a good pitcher. So the White Sox jump on him 
seven to one on WFLD TV. It was Drysdale and Hawk. Yeah. And then about the fourth or fifth inning, I had a bit of a problem. I would, I had had eye surgery back in January of 1985 and it was holding up for like six or seven weeks. Then the floaters and the blurriness came back in a big way in the middle of the ball game. Oh. So I'm like, obviously this wasn't good. And then, and then the week after that, the doctor said, well, there's nothing more we could do for your vision. And he essentially, essentially was gone after that. Mm-hmm. So, so the last thing you wait. saw really was that opening game, huh? Yep. In the, wow. Yep. Four innings. I mean, the White Sox won the game, at least. Well, that's good. And, somebody, and I had a friend of mine say, uh, would this have happened if you had been a Cubs fan? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, we but we I mean, had a friend. I, I was hesitant to tell the story, but we had a friend. <laughs> yeah, we had a friend who was in the store, and he uh, was uh, actually uh, he, he was the son of a policeman. I don't know. He would never do anything like this. But he was he was he took a pair of gloves. He was shoplifting, and while he was there, he lost his vision. He never did anything like that. I don't know if he actually oh, put the gloves back or not. But what a weird thing to have happened. Right. I mean, I mean, what an interesting uh, opening day memory. But you know, it happened. Yeah. So you know, it did. Yeah. Okay. All right. We you have. Al, if you want to unmute, go ahead. Okay, good evening, gentlemen. How's everybody hey, doing? Good, how are you? All right. Good, good. Well, You're going to think about the one the one day in the year that Cleveland would fill up their park, right, Al? That's, that yes, used to yes, be it, the opening day. day. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of them, about 1975. I forget the Indians were playing, but Frank Robinson was hired as the first African-American right. manager. That's right. Uh, he came as a player manager in '75. Didn't he hit a home run in that game? Yes, he did. That's when I yeah. remember. Very good. Yeah, and uh, I remember hearing about. It. We were at the game, yeah. and uh, the Red Sox were playing. I think the Brewers or something. I remember hearing that Frank Robinson had hit a home run in that game. That was pretty right. cool. He won the game for us that uh, particular day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wonder if if I could uh, mention something about Joe Tate on uh, 1977. Sure, sure. Opening, opening yeah. day weekend, believe it or not, against Boston. Uh huh. Easter Sunday. The second game of that, it, it was a abbreviated two-game series. Uh, I think we lost the opening game in, on that Thursday, next extra innings, if I remember. But that Sunday, Joe Tate actually multitasked. When he uh, left, uh, the Boston was playing Cleveland uh, Cavaliers at noon. And uh, after that, he came to the uh, Boston, Fenway Park, to finish out the game, the seventh inning. And we demolished your, your Red Sox 19-9. Wow. The second game of that uh of the opening weekend. Wow, that's something. It's not opening day, but it's the second game of that. Well, oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. No, when announcers, yeah. you know, we've been talking about multi-sport uh, announcers with Joe Tate, and I mentioned Dale Arnold last week. You know, it's amazing some of the things they get into, and and really, uh, Sean is always chronicling the travel. You know, where's Waldo? Where's Craig Way? You know, he's going and doing basketball for this uh, team and baseball over here, and you know, go, running all the football, doing all kinds of stuff for Texas uh, at various places, and uh, has to figure out his travel schedule very uh, minutely because he's got a lot. Well, Craig Way is speaking to him on Sunday. He did, he did the t- game three of Texas Oklahoma. Game was done by about he was packed up four thirty. Got on the road to the Alameda. And he was there to do the eight o'clock Sweet Sixteen for Texas and Maryland. There you go. Same. He did yeah. both of them. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, Chris, I think it is time. 
Time for death. All right. Okay. And actually, Who died this I, week, Chris? I th- well, just a lot of people. And the thing is, I think I missed a couple on my list because I, I we'll, we'll get them. But here they go. Okay. Benny D's, eighty six years old. Uh, he uh, started coaching at Abraham Baldwin Agricultural College in sixty two through sixty seven. That was in uh, Georgia, and then he was in Tiffin, Georgia, as a matter of fact. And then for at VCU from 68 through 70, then assistant at uh, Western Kentucky, 70 through 73, assistant at Georgia Tech, 77 to 79, uh, women's head at Georgia Tech uh, from 79 to 80, assistant at Alabama, 80 to 85, head of New Orleans, 85 to 87. Then we have head of uh, Wyoming, 87 to 93, head uh in uh, Western Carolina, 93-95. His uh, head coaching record is one, and this is basketball course, 197-144. And uh, then we have go to Granville Waiters. That's a good name. 60 years old uh, in uh, college. He went to Ohio State for college from 79 through 83. Then he was the 39th pick in 83 by Indiana. <clears throat> Played for the Pacers 83 through 85. Houston, 85 to 87, which means he should have been on that finals team that lost to the Celtics in 86. He was a backup. backup <laughs> right. Yes. Well, got to play when uh, uh, Ralph Sampson got thrown out that time. <laughs> Remember that thing with Ralph yeah, and Sampson? Then, and, uh, and he was there going into the Otis Thorpe trade, yeah. Who was it Ralph Sampson was fighting with? Right? Jerry Seasting. Jerry Seasting. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's right. So and then uh, Chicago. Oh, and I remember it was so stupid. You know, people follow these finals and they don't really uh, follow sports. And this is one of the first times I saw it. You know, people calling up to Now he's a real good player. Why did they throw him out? People wanted to watch him. You know, <laughs> and you know, this is just general. Oh, come on! You know, you got to do what you got to do. Okay, Chicago. He played for for eighty six or eighty eight. Then uh, finished in Spain. In 88 through 90, he started 39 of 239 games. So you're right, he was a backup. 660 points, 540 rebounds, 121 assists, and 185 blocks. You don't hear about blocks as much anymore. No, no, he was a blocker. I remember that when Indiana with Billy Knight and all those guys. I remember him. He started more with Indiana, I think. Okay, yeah, all right. Well, that was his rookie, you know, when he's young, and that's what happens. Sometimes people seek their level, and at the beginning they get more of a chance, and then later they aren't really. Okay, here's really the first homegrown star in St. Louis. You know, they got Glenn Hall in the expansion and so forth. They had some good players. But Bob Plager, 78 years old. He started with the Rangers. He played for the Rangers in uh, 64 through 67. Then he went in the expansion draft to the Blues, played there from 67 through 77. And then uh, he was uh, from Kirkland Lake, Ontario, uh, 644 games. And uh, he had, uh, let's see, 20 goals and 126 assistant, assists for 146 points. Now, that is a classic defensive defenseman. 20 goals in his whole yeah. career. That never happens anymore. Uh, and 802 minutes in penalties. And, and then in the playoffs, uh, let's see. Let's see. Looks like he had two goals and, and 74 playoff games, two goals, 17 assists, 19 points. 195 minutes in penalties in the playoffs. So he was a... He was a fighter back in the good hip checker, they say. Okay. Then he, uh, let's see. Then he, uh, let's see, went to, to the St. Louis front office, working on advertising and scouting and Peoria head coach from 90 uh, and uh, 91. And then uh, they won the Turner Cup, the International Hockey League uh, Cup at that, uh, at that year. And then coach of the year, 
in 92 and 93. That, that, that he was coach of the year that year. Then he came to the Blues and coached 92-93, but he uh, didn't. Uh, he only coached 11 games, really, in the 92 portion. Four, six, and one. He decided to return to the front office. Uh, let's see. Then he was, uh, and then he was always with the Blues until his death. And it was a two-car accident on March 24th uh, that took his life. So there you go. But really, uh, their first homegrown star. And, of course, everybody really likes the uh, the rough guy. You know, the the, uh, the most popular guy was the fighter back in those days. Not the goon. You know, the goon who – the guys who could play. You know, they'd fight, and they, they actually did some good on the ice. The goons would just come in and just knew there was going to be a fight, and that's boring. But somebody who was a good player who, you know, like uh, clear the track, here comes Shaq, that kind of guy, when they'd come in the game, you knew that there'd be a fight and maybe some good hockey. Bobby he Brown. had a brother, Barkley play goal, right? Yes, he did. Barkley yeah. Barkley yeah. Prager. Yep, yeah, that's right. Uh, Bobby Brown, 96 years old, third place, uh, baseman for the Yankees, played from 46 through 52, and then he had to miss part of the 52 season and the all, all the 53 to go to Korea. Came back in 54. He was, uh, he was His first day was 9-22-46, the last day, June 30-54. Uh, let's see. Again, missed a season and a half for the Korean War. Ted Williams only missed uh, uh, one year. The four World Series for Bobby Brown, 47, 49, 50, and 51. The 548 games. He had 279, 452 hits, 22 homers, 237 RBIs. And then 17 uh, World Series games. He had 439 in the World Series. Pretty cool. 18 uh, hit. Uh, let's see. Uh, and eight of his hits were extra base hits. Like Bobby Richardson, he always did that. Yeah. Uh, later on with the Yankees, he was much better in the World Series. He was a cardiologist in uh, Fort Worth from 58 through 84. And then uh, he went he, in uh, 74, he worked for the Texas Rangers as their president. And then the president of the American League from 84 and retired in uh, 801-94, just before the strike. I'm going to leave. There's going to be a strike in about nine days. Uh, f- uh, fell and was hosp- and was in hospice care, and that was at 96 years old. Pretty cool. Mike Bell, only 46 years old, brother of uh, David Bell, son of uh, Buddy Bell, and, and the grandson of Gus Bell. He only played 19 games. Uh, he hit uh, 222, uh, six homers, uh, no, six hits, two homers, four RBIs, and he uh, he was in the minor leagues, 93 through 05, hit 265, and 137 home runs and 688 RBIs in the minors. And then he managed uh, Arizona farm uh, teams uh, from 90 uh, from 07 to 09. <clears throat> Director of player uh, development in Arizona from 11 through 16. Vice President of player development 17 through 19. Uh, 12-7-19. Uh, Minnesota hired him as bench coach, but fell ill in uh, 2000 uh, in July of 2020, just before the shortened season started, and he had kidney tumors, had cancer, and uh, as a matter of fact, they mentioned him on the game the other day. Uh, you know that he was uh, still uh, technically their bench coach. Well, I think they knew he wasn't going to be able to come back, but they mentioned that he was. Uh, you know, the Red Sox played the Twins, and uh, so he died 3:26:21 in. Uh, and, and he had three uh, children, so that's very sad, uh, and his wife. Okay, then we move on to um, uh, Joe Cunningham, 89 years old. They called him Smokey Joe. Now, see, I find these things out in the obituaries. I never heard him call Smokey Joe in my life. We had the Smokey Joe Wood, but hey, whatever. Uh, maybe on his uh, local broadcast, but it wasn't anything I heard. Cardinals in 54, 
And then I'm back with the Cardinals at 56 through 61. Traded the White Sox uh, for 62 through 64. I think he was traded for Minnie Minoso. And then he went to Washington later in the 64 season and was there with the Senators till 66. He had 291. 980 hits, uh, 64 homers, and 436 RBIs. His best year was 59. Uh, he led in on-base percentage with 453. <clears throat> he had 345. He's second to Hank Aaron, who had 355 uh, that year. And then he was an all-star in the two uh, 59 all-star games. Then uh, managed in the St. Louis farm system, 68 through 71. Coach for the Cardinals in 82, and he was there and the, got a World Series ring doing that. Then uh, he had six, uh, let's see. Then he, uh, okay, his, uh, he moved around a little bit. He played 680 games at first base, 404 in right field, and 46 in left field. And he started at first base in his career, but when San Musial needed to move in, he went to the uh, right field. And he built St. Louis Group and season ticket plans. He was the uh, develop as director of sales in uh, '72 and community relations director in '90. And then, uh, and then he uh, there's a Cunningham Corner in the ballpark for group events, etc. And he died of kidney failure. So <clears throat> there you go. But I do remember him uh, with the White Sox, not so much with the Cardinals. <clears throat> Howard yeah. Schnellenberger, seven, 87 years old, wide receiver coach. For Kentucky in 59 and 60, then uh, offensive coordinator Alabama and the big great Bear Bryant teams, 61 through 65, receivers coach for the Rams in 66 through 69, that probably was with George Allen. Then the offensive coordinator and receivers for the Dolphins was Shula. So he had, uh, <laughs> he had pretty good coaching friends yeah. there, too. 70 through 73, the head uh, Colt, uh, coach for the Colts, 73 and 74, and for just three games in 74. And then the offensive coordinator for Miami Dolphins again, 75 through 78, head of the Miami Hurricanes from 79 through 84, then uh, head of Louisville, 85 through 94, head Oklahoma in 95, uh, just the one year there, head coach in Florida Atlantic in 01 through 11. And then his uh, college coaching record was 158, 151 and three, and then he's four and 13 in the NFL for the Colts. And then he recruited Namath to Alabama in uh, 61 and the three championships uh, for Alabama. He was involved in those. And then he had the perfect, he was involved in the perfect season with the Dolphins in 72. And then Miami, he won the championship uh, there in with the Hurricanes in uh, Miami in 83. And he was six and oh in bowl games. And he was 41-16 with the Hurricanes, 54-56-2 with Louisville, and 5-5-1 five, five and one with Oklahoma, and 58-74 and in Florida Atlantic. And then University of Miami Hall of Fame in 93, the Florida, Florida Atlantic Stadium is named for him. And, the, uh, and he turned Miami uh, football into, uh, you know, they were almost thinking about dropping the program until he got there and turned things around and set it up for – uh, what we see today, and Jimmy Johnson and so forth. He's the guy, he was the architect, <clears throat> not Jim Kelly, he recruited Kosar. Uh, that 83 championship, that was January 2nd, 84, when mm -hmm. Nebraska, you know, they came in and they beat Nebraska, and Nebraska was number one. All Texas had to do was beat Georgia, and they lost. And then so Miami, and Miami beat Nebraska, they were number three, and they got it, and then he left. 
shortly after that, and that's when Jimmy Johnson came in and took him to that next level. But he's the guy that opened. And Florida Atlantic, he he was their first coach. They started football, and he was the guy they went, you know, went and brought in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Okay. Then we have uh, Stan Albeck, 89 years old, head uh, at Adrian University in Michigan from 56, 57, then head of uh, Northern Michigan, 57 through 68, head at Denver, University of Denver, 68 through 70, assistant coach in, uh, for the Denver Rockets in the ABA, 70 through 73, assistant at San Diego Conquistadors, 72, 73, uh, wait, let's see. Okay, well, I, I have a typo here. 73-74, I think. Then assistant for the Kentucky Colonels, 74 through 76. And then the Lakers assistant, 77 through 79, before Magic. Then Cleveland head coach, Cavaliers, 79 and 80. San Antonio head, 80 through 83. The head for the head coach for the Nets, 83 through 85. Uh, then, let's see, what did he do next? He had... Chicago. Uh, uh, yeah, Chicago, 89 and 85 through 86, one year with Jordan. And the head coach of Bradley, 86 through 91. Assistant back with the Nets, 95-96. Assistant with the Hawks, 97 through 2000. And then assistant with Toronto, 2000 through 02. And assistant at – oh, he, when he was assistant at Kentucky, they won the ABA championship. And then, uh, let's see. His NBA record at coaching was 307, 267, and 18 yeah. and 26 uh, in the playoffs. But then he had a stroke uh, in, uh, in like 2002. Oh, the furthest he got was San Antonio in 82 and 83 and uh, yeah. the conference finals in both of those years. And it's Lots just of the Lakers both years. Yeah. yeah, an assistant with Toronto, and, uh, and he had a stroke and suffered from stroke uh, you know, ramifications he, until his death. So long time for that. Uh, yeah, he left San Antonio because he wanted another assistant coach, and he left. And they had been in the West Conference Finals, and then the next year they didn't even make the playoffs. And that was you know, the eighty eighty three eighty four season. And then, of course, the Bull, when he was with the Bulls, that was the year that San Antonio and Chicago swapped players, and he ended up with Gervin. And that was when Jordan went down, and then came back. You know. Jordan's second year, and they traded yeah, for Gervin. Yeah, broke his foot and missed most of the year. Yep. Yeah, that was when he missed well, most of the year. Well, eighty six, Jordan was there for that game. That's the playoff game when Jordan got all those points in the Celtics. Yeah, he was back for that time. game. He was but back most back then, Jordan, yeah. Jordan was out. Jordan yeah. was out that year. That was the year all back coached them, and then he left, and that's when Doug Collins. But he didn't stay like too many places too long. Right. Yeah. So. Okay, then we get to the ones we just got today. Joe Van Sienen, assistant at Michigan. Uh, he was 98 years old. Uh, yeah, I think 98, yes. He was assistant at Michigan in 47 and 48. And then, uh, okay, assistant at Minnesota, 48-56. Then head coach at Yale from 56 through 75. <clears throat> he was he had a record of two, 206 wins and 242 losses. Championship. Uh, he won the championship in the Ivy League in 56-57 and 61-62 season. And then uh, co-champions in 63, with, but they lost to Princeton with Bill Bradley in 63. That would have been Bradley's sophomore year. And then that was the last appearance, 62, for Yale until 2016 and, and 2019. And then about the, another highlight of his career was he won uh, the Rainbow Classic in 69 uh, in Hawaii by, by beating uh, LSU with Pete Maravich. And then, uh, let's see, 
and then he was uh, the head of the National Association of uh, Basketball Coaches, the executive director from 75 through 92. And then in 93, he uh, got the John Bunn Award from uh, the Naismith Hall of Fame. And uh, for and then he joined, he was in the College Hall of Fame in 2011. And then uh, he was an assistant on the Olympic team in uh, 76 in Montreal that won the gold medal. And then he was going to be the, with Dean Smith, and he was also going to be the uh, assistant in 80 uh, when we uh, boycotted the Olympics. Uh, but he was going to have that job. <coughs> Floyd... Hudlow, 77 years old, Buffalo defensive back in 65, and then he went to Atlanta for 67 and 68, AFL champion in 65, and uh, he started, there were, he played in 24 games, he only started 10 with Atlanta, and two interceptions, both in Atlanta in 67. Okay, then Swede Knox, he didn't make the list that I was trying to put together, so you remember him, Robert, 73 years old, Uh, he was... uh, he was an NHL linesman, uh, 2,248 games, and he was there from 72 through 2000, five finals and one all-star game. And he refereed in uh, Toronto in the early 90s when Don Koharski couldn't finish the game. Isn't Koharski the one that the Devils coach yelled at for too many donuts? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Have another donut. Have, Have another, another donut. donut. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Okay. <laughs> 